Hello and good afternoon, good evening, and in some places, good morning. Welcome to this week's new episode of Primetime Gaming with Mr. Boomstick and Friends. And indeed, folks, I have brought a bunch of friends, two friends, making their first time appearance on Primetime Gaming. Um, and we have some incredible topics that are going to take up two full hours of your time that you're going to quite enjoy. Uh, again, I had to call an audible at the last minute because I doubled book guests, and normally it's only one guest. But you know what? Who could say no to Hargeet Chani <laughs> and Luke Steele, which both of them bring some very, very special opinions and knowledge to the conversations. And folks, we're going to be talking about specifically Sony being down year-to-date 41%. Now, I get a lot of companies are in the same hole, but not as much as Sony and it really does answer the question as to why they continue to uh, rake their players over the coals and uh, why we're seeing, you know, $10 upgrade fees, $70 games, uh, you know, a service that's $3 more than Xbox Game Pass. We also saw a $50 increase on a console two years into its generation, almost unheard of, never done before in gaming. And on the back end of the conversation, uh, we're going to be talking with Luke Steele, who has uh, dealt with the CMA. Uh, and the reason why we're talking to the CMA again is because, well, they put some stuff out there last week where not only did they use emojis on Twitter, but they had some real concerns for Sony's number one position in the market. And it comes at a time where in the UK, Sony has just posted a 56% increase uh, month over month to console console sales of the PlayStation Five, and they've even outdueled the un uh, the unbreakable Nintendo Switch. Uh, and obviously, it really like I said, it does put the CMA at a at a really bad position in my opinion. But we're going to get Luke Steele's opinion momentarily. But Luke, welcome to the program, brother. How the heck are you, man? I'm glad that you're here to join us. Yeah, it was uh, it, it, the stars aligned, as it were, because uh, you know we got some more CMA uh, slash EU information um, just before this went live from the Financial Times, which is cool, and uh, it's great to be here. It's been it's been a long time, uh, so yes. it's uh, it's really good to be here again, and a great panel as usual. Uh, well, it's great to have you back, brother, and uh, we I can't wait to get into what you have to say. And again, it's going to be really interesting from a person who is actually spent some time going up against the CMA and uh, it's going to be great to hear what you have to say specifically in that area. And Hargi Chani, welcome to the program, brother, making your first time entry into Double Barrel Gaming, specifically into primetime gaming. How are you, man? Welcome. Oh, well, thanks for having me in. Um, yeah, doing good. Uh, we've had some good shows from both Sony and Nintendo. Yes. Uh, some good stuff coming there. Yeah, a lot um, of good stuff. Big, big news with uh, 343 this week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, some good stuff going on. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I thought you were going to mention the 90-minute uh, Twitch stream show that Xbox did today. And, the ID, uh, right? Yeah, you know ID what? It was as yeah. awful as you would imagine it could be. <laughs> um, it don't, Listen, folks, I'm not a Twitch streamer, and I give people a lot of credit that, you know, you talk and play games at, some, at the same time. I, I really can't do that. But I got to say, man, you know, coming off of Sony's show, which was phenomenal, I really enjoyed State of Play. I like the two exclusives are right up my alley. One is Devil May Cry-esque, and the other one is 
Well, it's uh, the Rise of Ronin, which is probably going to be one of my most Good. anticipated games that when that comes out. Yeah. And of course, Nintendo. Well, Nintendo can't be outdone by Sony, and they had a forty-minute show that showed a lot of first-party goodness. And of course, you know, I'm a big old uh, Nintendo stan, so of course, I was excited. Uh, and and I do have to do a quick shout out because uh, Joe, who is the single man developer of Song of Iron, has Song of Iron two coming out, and he was not only previewed but Microsoft. Uh, and uh, Xbox were going back and forth with him on Twitter, and you love to see the little guy win. Joe, if you're listening, brother, congratulations. I couldn't be more proud of you, and I cannot wait to uh, to play Song of Iron 2. But listen, gentlemen, it's great to have you here. We're going to get into the topics momentarily. Let's welcome in Kay Asante. What's going on, brother? How you feeling? Well, actually, you're not feeling okay. that good, but you know what? We're happy you're here. <laughs> I am I am happy to be here, man. These these shows tend to be the highlight of my week, you know, work and all that. Life uh, gets in the way, and then and then we 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 hear about you know some some interesting news that's, that's going on, and we get wonderful panel members, and Luke and and, and Hargeet are joining us this evening. So I'm I'm excited to be a part. So I, I'm just happy to be here. Uh, uh, I'm seeing some familiar faces in the chat already, so it's going to be a good evening. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'll get to uh, intro, you know, saying hello to everybody like I do once we get the show started so I can start my typing. But uh, Crispy Bomb, I feel like I haven't talked to you in what seems like ages, brother. How the heck are you? Uh, good, and uh, what's up to the chat, and, and it's great to be back, and uh, I'm ready to roll. Let's do it. Yeah, and, uh, and last and no way least, Mag, you know, we yes. haven't had a chance to uh, hang out. You've been busy. Oh, uh, boy. How, how's your week been, and, and what you been up to? Well, I got to tell you, before I get into any of that, I just want to say a special shout-out to this panel. Look at this. We got Hargi Chani here tonight. This is fantastic. And then we got the best porno name in the business, Luke Steele. It is, <laughs> I want that name, okay? When I get my OnlyFans page, I'm stealing the name because it's so perfect. Anyways, Crispy, nice to see you too, brother. Boom, awesome. And let's, guys, let me tell you something. Kesante did something earlier this week, a couple days ago, okay? He talked about how he's going to be getting back. He's going to be getting on the right side of health, baby. He's getting into shape, all right? Dad bod is going the way of the dodo. And let's support the man. Let's get out there. Let's get, you know what? Men need to support each other instead of being in each other's face all the time. Let's support each other. Let's get on it. Let's get into it because let me tell you something, Asante. When I see you at E3 next year, you better have a Matthew McConaughey style body, okay? <laughs> I want you, I want you looking like Adonis Creed when we okay. go into that. St- all right, that's okay. what I want to see. Anyways, that. enough. That's nonsense. expectations, brother. You, 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 you've now dropped hey. the gauntlet in front of him. Now, yes, you got ten months, baby. So one one of us is going to be Kratos, and the other one's going to be the, the the son, depending on who who's who. We'll, we'll decide later. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cosplay. It. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Right. Anyways, enough of that. I just wanted to get that out of my system. But boom, to answer your question, got to say, yes, work's been out of control, been really busy. However, I did get COVID last week, so I was I was able to get three or four days of solid gaming of doing nothing else but gaming and praying for death. Uh, but I got to tell you, I platinumed The Last of Us remake. Of okay? course you did. Yes. I, it was absolutely amazing. I know, I'm no, I know it's ridiculous because I complain and bitch and this and that, whatever else, right? But you know what? The thing is, what a lot of people got to understand is when I complain and bitch and moan and all that stuff, I'm not just doing that for me. I'm doing, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking like from, from the mindset of the regular consumer out there that it's unfair to them for, for all these ridiculous things that, that, that Sony's doing. However, that being said, I got to say, Last of Us remake, amazing. The graphics are ridiculous. 
and especially that dense foliage that Neil Druckmann was talking about. Well, you know, as beautiful as it is, I don't think anyone wants dense foliage getting in their way of your potentially sexual adventure. Well, that's right, Boom. And you know what? Forget about it. Nobody wants to be the last of us to have anybody kneel in front of their foliage. It's time to clean it up, baby, with a little bit of Manscaped. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Manscaped has once again uh, been uh, is here to represent Double Barrel Gaming. And Double Barrel Gaming is here to rep- represent manscaped.com. That's right. Go check out the lawn, the lawnmower 4.0, the weed whacker, and potentially check out those new boxers where they hold your jewels so nice. That's right. The boxers 2.0. If you would like to buy any of their products, go over to manscaped.com. Type in the code DBG20 at checkout to not only get 20% off your entire order, but get free shipping. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, a big shout out to Manscaped, who has once again teamed up with Double Barrel Gaming. Uh, Folks, that's right. Remember, don't forget the code DBG20 at checkout. 20% free shipping. And tell them Boom sent you. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, now that we've gotten all of that out of the way, uh, Hargeet, I want to go to you first on this. You know, Sony continues in, in what a lot of people are calling raking their players over the coals. Uh, they... I mean, you know, I have called some of their practices anti-consumer. Uh, you know, you see what they do about locking content behind these deals, which every business is going to do. But they do it in a way that many call anti-consumer, uh, anti-competitive. Uh, and uh, one, one thing that we learned, uh, I mean, listen, the market is bad for everybody right now. You know, someone posted something. Hey, boom, you know, Xbox is down 25%. And I would say, yeah, that's not surprising, but it's not 41%. And I think Microsoft could take it a little bit more than Sony can. And there's been a lot of questions, Hargeet, as to why Sony continues to do things like charge you $10 for the PlayStation 5 version and don't offer, you know, f- uh, you know, uh, you know free upgrades like Microsoft does. Uh, they charge uh, developers and publishers uh, a, a cross-play tax, which a lot of people don't know and don't talk about. They charge, they actually charge a developer uh, a tax for having cross-play, something that Microsoft, you know, they don't do because they want everyone to play together. We've also seen things like their controllers go up $10. We've also seen things like, well, I don't know, charging $50 more for a console that's already been two years in the market are they doing all of this, Hargeet, because they are down 41% year to date when, you, when, when you're talking the stock market? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting point. Uh, look, the, the entire economy is having fun, right? It's, it's up and down. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's tough to say, like even Microsoft, I think they were up near, near three and now they're down to like two-ish trillion. That's a massive loss too, right? So just to be fair, right? Yeah, yeah of course, um, of course. But the thing is, is Microsoft is so big and the amount of money they make, they, they like make 15, 20 billion in profit every quarter. So they don't care. Like these things just don't phase them, right? So for them to take a hit, it's not a big deal. In the case of Sony, it's, it's quite different. 
uh, PlayStation has been kind of like giving them their profits and that going down actually is a hit, right? That's a big deal for their shareholders. Uh, so that is an interesting headache for them. And, you know, th th there's another big headwind coming to them, which is the ABK deal that is going to hit their profits directly. It's going to yeah. be a, a big hit to their profits. It doesn't even matter if the game stays there. There's going to be association with Microsoft. People will jump. They will. At yeah. 15 bucks a month or am i gonna pay you know and even better with that is the friends and family it's five bucks a month you're yeah. basically paying for gold right it's five bucks a month and you get the game with it every call of duty right it's very hard to say that that's not going to impact place it's going to it's going to right it, so so that's going to be a hit on even if they have call of duty right so they're looking at everything and saying, well, what, what do we do? And yeah, there are things where they're they're trying to get, make more money because they have to. Um, and, you know, they don't have the backing of a Microsoft. Um, so it, it's annoying, I guess, but uh, I kind of get it from Jim's perspective. Uh, it would have been nice if they could just take the hit. I don't think it would be as bad a couple of years from now. They, they you know, the, the current iteration of the PlayStation 5, they just upgraded it to uh, allow it to be cheaper. Right. Yeah, the 1200 so, model. Yeah, that was a, actually that was a, a fantastic breakdown, Hargeet, by yeah. Austin Evans, who yeah. confirmed a lot of things. And you know what's interesting, um, Hargeet? It comes at a time where if you look when it was first talked about, they're now starting to restock pretty much everywhere. Yeah. And that's on the cusp of a $50 increase, as well as a cheaper to make and develop. PlayStation 5 1200 series, I, you know, it makes you makes you really do scratch your head. Like if this is not a calculated thing, because we learned last year, August 4th, uh, last year, as a matter of fact, when Sony announced that they had sold uh, 10 million PlayStation 5s, which that's phenomenal. And since then, you know, they have sold 12 million. Yeah. And we learned back then as well, Cargeet, is that they were making a profit on every console sold. Yep. So they made profits on 12 million PS5s and then just jacked up the price. Yep. Yeah, and it could also be that, like, there was, uh, you know, a favorable amount of uh, CPUs available to Microsoft. They could have just paid more, right? Yep. Sony uh, paid more and said, well, we're just, we're just going to push that back to the consumer, right? And we'll get yeah. more quantities. And so now they do have a, a higher um, supply available and they're saying they're going to be able to meet a lot of the demand over the holidays. Yep. That's good, <clears throat> but that comes at a cost, right? So, uh, and they're just going to forward it on. Now, it, there's a lot of interesting thoughts in could, could there be a schism where, you know, Sony says we're going to sell off the PlayStation brand to somebody else. One of the things that Sony has to deal with is Microsoft's in this for real now. And yeah. when Microsoft invests $100 billion into gaming, that's not something Sony can do for PlayStation, right? right? But there are partners that could, like there are big companies out there that could, right? And that'd be Apple, Amazon, Google, yeah. right? So those big, big, yeah, the, big, the, the, the big tech that, companies, right? Yeah. Even Tencent, right? So there could be either a partnership or an outright, we'll just buy that off you and then be able to do the investment to actually compete with Microsoft. Um, that is an interesting long-term potential, right? I don't know where that could be, but that is an interesting thought that it could potentially happen. Sony itself can't, at this point, at least compete with Microsoft at their wallet. It's just very hard for them to do so. Yeah, it, it, it does make you wonder, Hargeet, if their stock continues to tumble, would someone like an Apple come in? You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and, and outright buy them. Uh, it would. It's, it's, it, it's an interesting theory, 
to think that uh, someone as powerful as Sony, because they, they, listen, they, they're the market leader, and they and, and they have had, and I've said this before, they've had the boot on Microsoft's neck for over a decade. Yep. Like this is going all the way back to the, the PlayStation Three when the PS3 came back at the back end of the of the generation to out outpace um, Microsoft, and Microsoft did themselves no favors with DRM and and bad messaging and marketing with some of the people like Terry Myerson who was saying things he probably shouldn't have said. And it really, you know, I've, I've, again, I've talked about this before. This is how you share games literally won the generation for Sony. So for the end part of the PlayStation three, all of the PlayStation four and still continue two years into the PlayStation five, Sony is number one and they are the market leader because listen, their games are phenomenal, right? We saw what God of war is going to look like. I'm incredibly excited to play um, Ragnarok. I think it it's just, it looks absolutely amazing, and the fact that it's going to be running on a PlayStation 4 is still bonkers to me. But, Hargeet, we will come back to you momentarily when we start talking about the CMA and some of the things they had to say. In fact, we have some new quotes from the Belgium uh, you know, uh, CMA, if you will, and we're going to br- talk about what they said. And, and a lot of people have Sony's best interest rather than the consumer. And considering they're number one, it is questionable. But, Luke, before we get to you and the CMA, I do want to talk about the numbers for Sony. Down 41%. And again, folks, uh, Microsoft themselves, they're down a quarter, 25% as well. Most places are down, though it is really hard to accept and wrap your mind around when Sony just posted a 56% increase year uh, month to month from um july to august in the uk where the cma operates and now we hear all of these things a 50 dollars increase you talk about their 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 service right playstation plus premium three dollars more than xbox but they don't offer day and date and again i'm a premium member and i don't know if i'm going to still be a premium member in february when it runs out because, well, they've only put one new game in there, and that was Stray. And Stray is phenomenal. I've talked about that before. If you Great haven't played game. Stray, Stray is just, it is, is, it's an indie darling. I think you're going to hear a lot about that towards the end of the year when people start handing out awards. It is really well done. And I'm happy to have been a part of Premium to get that without having to buy it because I would have bought it anyway. Um, where do you stand with Sony constantly charging basically for everything that Microsoft gives away for just the price of being an Xbox gamer? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult question, isn't it? Um, t- in terms of, I guess, going back to their stock. I mean, certainly, you know, uh, Sony have made decisions over the last six months plus that are um, not hugely beneficial to consumers. I mean, you know, price increases, etc. cetera. Um, mainly the console. I think that's probably the most... Uh, I don't want to say egregious bit, but that's that's the thing that I think's one of the more frustrating elements. Um, I think their stock price, being as it is, is probably motivated by different factors. Um, you know, as you said, a lot of companies are down at the moment, particularly in tech um, or consumer electronics. The reason being, obviously, because we're in a uh, various peril uh, economic position worldwide at the moment. And the first thing that consumers tend to do is to drop luxury spending on stuff like that. So that's why you see Sony and, you know, Samsung, um, 
Microsoft, etc., all all dropping somewhat. Um, Sony have dropped to a greater degree, but if you remember, if you actually have a look back in January, they had about a 12% drop, or roughly thereabouts, as soon as Activision Blizzard and Microsoft was announced. So if you right. actually subtracted that that kind of singular, pretty substantive drop, they're about at the same level of downness as any other tech company at the moment. They're also, unfortunately for them, a Japanese company, I guess, at the moment, so the yen's very weak. Uh, investors tend to pull out of of those kind of stocks when when yen is is down so much um you know japanese companies etc so they're in a you know in that kind of weird position where they've there are these mitigating factors and i think for them you know as as Hargeet said you know the the position brands kind of fun, one of the most or probably the most fundamental uh, economic pillar that they have um and they've had, you know, they've only just now, I guess, started to recover from bad, you know, stock, as in, you know, stock of uh, console units, which is how they drive all their business. So no doubt that that's had an impact as well. So I think I think there are lots of different things that impact on them. There's no singular thing. I don't think what they're doing now is a response, you know, kind of price increases, etc. I don't think that's a response to that, because if you look at their income and their operating income in particular, they're up year over year. Um, so they're doing really well. I just think that they're, they're trying to hedge against some of this future stuff, right? So things like potentially Activision, Blizzard, Microsoft, that all going through. Um, and, you know, they, they're they in a position, I think, as you said, where for the first time probably ever for a PlayStation console, um, they uh, were spinning profit on them, which is really unheard of for the type of kind of hardware that they put out. You know, it's usually, as everybody knows, it's usually a couple of years in the life cycle of a console that you actually turn a profit. Uh, and I think they don't want to give that up. You know, um, I think they're used to that now. So they're, they're doing what they can, which isn't particularly beneficial to consumers, obviously, and unprecedented, as you've said before, because it's the first ever price increase after the console's launch. Yeah. Uh, they're doing what they can to kind of maintain that. Um, I don't personally like that. Um, I guess I understand it from, you know, if I was in their shoes, I get what they're doing, but that doesn't mean I have to like it, right? Because it doesn't impact me. It impacts me negatively if I don't have a PlayStation and I want one. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a complicated question, but certainly they're not doing things that are um, hugely beneficial to people at the moment. Um, and obviously they're trying to hedge against a lot of economic circumstances that are out of their control as well. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Uh, Mag, let's get your opinion on this. Obviously, you're yes. a big Sony fan, and obviously, mm-hmm. being in Canada, you pay top dollar for your games. And you know something? There, there have been some folks that say they will pay top dollar for the qu- kind of quality that uh, Sony puts out. And I, you know, I'm not going to argue with their quality. Their quality is top notch. No. There's no doubt about you, you it. You can't. Um, and, and and this year specifically alone, this is a this is a banger year for Sony. Now, granted. The start of the year didn't start off so great with them because there was some controversy with uh, a lot of bugs coming out of Horizon, which I talked about. It's one of my most anticipated games, and I was very, very put off by how many bugs I was encountering. So I stopped playing. Then, of course, they released Gran Turismo 7, which was anticipated as the return of the former king of racing. And that didn't get any, uh, that didn't do any favors for PlayStation because not only was it riddled with microtransactions, the game did not look like a next gen racer when you compare it to, of course, who now the king of racers, and that would be Forza uh, Horizon 5. 
Right. Uh, now we have, of course, um, there's been a lot of controversy surrounding, you know, the $70 price tag with Last of Us. Now, you said you you played it. You loved it. The, the, we talked about yeah. it in the opening during the ad. I've, I've seen some people actually walk up to a bookcase and take the shotgun and move the books. Like, that's crazy. That is absolutely incredible to see. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's impressive. And, of course, they're going to bookend this year with God of War, which we saw yesterday, which looked absolutely phenomenal. With all of that said, they continue to rake their players over the coals. And we see people defending this. I don't know how you defend this. And I understand it's a business. You got to make money. But as uh, Luke just said, they're up. But they're still charging $50 more for a console. And again, that's never been done before in gaming. Folks, listen to this. I've been gaming over 45 years. All right, since 1978, since I picked up my first Atari 2600 controller. So I'm an old bastard, and I'm telling you that I have been a fan of gaming since then, and in the history of gaming, we have never seen someone raise a price of a console two years into its lifespan. But they're doing it, and they did it, and they continue to charge people. What are your thoughts on on them being down 41% but continuing to rake their players over the coals? Well, I got to tell you, you know, th- just like you were saying at the beginning there is that this is not a reflection on the product that the company that you know that they that their studios are putting out. Their studios out. are phenomenal. Let's let's call their stu- Yes, their studios are putting out product that is unmatched uh to date, okay? Uh I don't think either company is putting out games to date, okay? So don't don't get too excited there in the chat <laughs> just in case. Uh but I'm just saying to date as it stands Nintendo and Xbox cannot hold a candle to the quality of that the Sony studios are putting out, the product they're putting out, okay? that's But that will be remedied shortly. However, there's something interesting to say here is that I think that the, all these moves that Sony are making, some of them are not as, they don't come across as bad as they, that, that they actually are. Now, the reason why I believe this is that I think that their actions are magnified because of what the competition is doing. Right. So what I'm trying to say is that when Microsoft and Xbox are moving into a different direction, where a subscription based direction, which is, of course, you know, more uh, financially uh, uh, friendly to the consumer. Right. More uh, consumer friendly. Then you look at what they're doing and and it it comes across as they're nickel and diming everything, which let's not let's not, not lie. They are. okay, they are. However, they're also not in the same position like Hargeet was saying in his in his talk at the beginning there. They are not in anywhere close to the to the position that Microsoft is in. You know, when Microsoft takes a hit, it's kind of like a horsetail, you know, swiping a fly off their butt. Okay, that's you know what I'm saying. It's nothing to them. They can recuperate that cost. They can they can they they can even reclass from other departments if need be in order to carry a different the division in order to move it forward if they feel that that's something that's going to be feasible for the future. Okay, however. Sony, in the, in like, look at what's happening right now. They're taking a hit financially on the PlayStation front. Uh, not everywhere, okay? We were talking about the UK, okay? They were doing very well over there. But they are taking hits elsewhere. They're doing a, a drop loss in profit. Now, you got to understand something when it comes to Sony is that PlayStation is carrying the company. It absolutely is, yeah. And that is a big problem. It's not like they're, like, for example, Sony Animation and Sony Pictures are taking hits, they, I mean, other than their deal with um, with Disney, but their deal and distribution, uh, the deals with Disney, mostly dis- distribution rights. Okay, is that they're making money off that, but they're not making the billion dollars a picture. 
right? For example, you look at all like the Spider-Verse pictures that they have the rights to Morbius, um, uh, Venom, and all these other movies. They're barely cracking 500 million. 500 million, 600 million in the global market's not going to cut it, right? So they're taking a hit there. Sony Animation is taking a hit because people weren't going because of COVID. People weren't going to the theater, right? So they weren't getting those that money either. Okay, and so now when you're barely when you're barely making money in these other departments and you're looking at the only department that is supposed to be making you money hand over fist or keeping the company afloat, PlayStation starts taking hits and the competition is basically slicing right into your profits by what they're doing. I can see why they're in some sort of a financial panic mode when it comes to what they're doing. And it it it, it like I said it comes across very poorly. Okay, it's very bad PR. And the reason, again, is because compared to what the the competition is doing, they look like the good guy and Sony's looking like the bad guy. Yeah. All right. So I can understand that. Now, my feeling personally is that I think that I would prefer. I I know this is going to sound really crazy. Okay, but just hear me out. I actually think I would prefer to Sony to keep doing what they're doing the way they're doing. Go right ahead. Do what you need to do to compete for the future. If, you know, let's say theoretically they get picked up by some huge conglomerate like Apple or Google or Netflix, which I heard a rumor of a while ago, but which is no longer going to happen. But you know what I mean? If, if nobody picks them up and they're still standing on their own, go ahead, do what you need to do to compete. Go get those third party exclusive deals. You know what? Eventually, at some point, go buy a PlayStation. The same thing that Xbox guys are saying to the PlayStation guys say, well, why don't you just go buy an Xbox if you want to play COD in five years, whatever, right? They could say the same thing too, okay? So you know what? Go ahead and do well, actually, that. Actually, they actually have said that. As a matter of fact, Insomniac said, if you want to, if you want to play Spider-Man, buy a PlayStation. It's not that big of a deal. Right. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, I understand it's a big deal now because, you know, prices have gone up. Uh, they're hard to get. They're still hard to get. I don't care what anybody says. You go to a store, there are no PlayStation 5s in the stores. There's no Xboxes in the stores, for crying out loud. And Xboxes are doing incredibly well. Now, anyways, the thing is, I say, go ahead. Get your third-party exclusivity deals. Money hat, this, that, and the other thing. Do whatever you've been doing that's been working for you so far. Where I'm going to put my foot down, though, is don't tell Xbox and Microsoft what to do with their effing money. That's where I draw the line. When you go bitch and moan and complain and cry like a little baby about it's not adequate what they're going to be doing with the ABK deal and everything else, that's none of your goddamn business. So, so you you're saying that your they lane. shouldn't have their cake and eat it too, is what right. you're saying. Stay in your lane. That's what I say, Sony. Stay in your lane. Do what you do. Go get your square deals and whatever the hell else you want to do. Go get your Knights of the Old Republic. Whatever you want to do. That's fine. But don't tell the competition what to do. Don't tell Xbox that you can't do this and you can't do that when they're spending $70 billion. What I think Microsoft should also do is not, I I don't think they should put anything exclusive to the Xbox either. I think that, boom, you've said this a million times. I think that their version of exclusivity is not exclusivity at all. It's just Game Pass. That's the selling point. It absolutely is, especially because our our geek made mention of it soon and probably right before the holiday the the you know the holiday season starts with shopping they're right. gonna they're gonna they're gonna release the friends and family plan and they're gonna say yes. play xbox games as low as five dollars exactly so that's your selling point you don't need to keep cod off of playstation keep it right there you're gonna collect your 30 percent your 30 percent publisher's fee at the end of the day aren't you keep it there forever who cares? And that's, by the way, and this is something else. This is assuming that Call of Duty is going to be the king of the hill 
in five years from now. Maybe it well, won't. No one knows that, and that, that right? and that, and and that's what's interesting about uh, about the deal that they offered uh, uh, Jim Ryan and Sony. They basically he, said, "Hey, listen, we're going to give you if we're giving you three additional years on top of the." three years left which is 22 23 and 24 right. that locks them up to 2027 so in my opinion mag <laughs> xbox has conceded that the place to play call of duty is of course playstation because they're allowing that to be on there and they're going to bring their players with them it, they're not going to have a game pass unless they want to put game right. pass in, well, in and that's not going to happen they're right and that's the thing what i'm getting at is that as a consumer you have to look at and say am i going to pay a hundred dollars for call of duty which is what it's costing up here, by the way. Even uh, I know somebody in the chat actually mentioned it. They say, is COD going to be $70 US? It is $70 US. However, it's 90 Canadian plus tax. So we're talking $103.75 wow. for Call of Duty. I just bought it. Uh, I just bought it on Xbox, actually. On Xbox, mind you. Not on PlayStation. I bought it on Xbox because all my friends are on Xbox. I, I, right. I mean, I have a lot of friends on PlayStation, but who, what, what the hell are you going to talk about when everybody's playing single-player games, right? It's like, <laughs> hey, I just walked over a hill. What'd you do? I'm hiding behind a wall. You know what I mean? Like, what are you going to talk about? So anyways, uh, all my multiplayer games, obviously Xbox, right? So anyway, the point is, is that that's where you look at it as a consumer and you say, okay, you know what? I can have Call of Duty for five or $10, or I can pay a hundred dollars and play it over here. That's yeah. a choice that you want to make at that point. Therefore, you're not upsetting anybody. Like I, I know some guys out there, like, you know, shout out to Mooch, who apparently I sound like, I don't sound anything like him. Anyways, uh, you know, I was talking to Mooch. He's going to be getting on on PlayStation because uh, he's actually getting it for both. But he has a lot of fans on both sides, right? Right. There's going to come a point in time, let's say someone like him, where he might have to choose. Or, you know what? It's actually beneficial that he could say, hey, I can pay for it on PlayStation. It actually might be beneficial for PlayStation in the long run. Because then people will double dip if they have friends on both sides. Because you don't have to spend $200 to pay for it twice. You have to pay $10 for it on the Game Pass. And then you can go buy it at regular price on the PlayStation. Right. So it actually in, the, in, in a weird sort of psychotic way, it almost kind of works out in their benefit that it actually frees up some money that if you are a multi console owner, it frees up some money that you may actually spend some more money in those Sony on the Sony camp. So it's it's wild to think about. But I mean, these are things that that should be talked about and thought about. So when it comes to getting back to this whole thing, sorry, I went off on a tangent there. But anyway, the point is, is that I say that Sony continues to do what they do best. Because they, they they release fantastic games and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, a lot of what their scumbag stuff is, you know, that's just Sony being Sony. They're in a panic mode right now. That's not going to be forever. This is just temporary. They're doing it now. They're coming off, you know, coming off a global pandemic. They're coming off of the fact that they weren't able to get all the parts. And when they do get the parts, they are very expensive. I'm dealing with this stuff in my personal business right now. And the corporation that I'm with, we're dealing with all kinds of crap with all kinds of global shortages, right? Imagine what these guys are going through. So they're dealing with all that stuff and they don't have this. They don't have the grapes to be able to swallow this kind of stuff financially. So let them get through this hump. Let them get through it. And I say continue to do it, but don't get in the way of Xbox and what they're doing for their future. That's yeah, we're, we're actually going to we're going we're gonna to come back to you after we talk with Hargeet and Luke regarding the CMA and uh, some of the things that we said, I have I have Article 29 of that document pulled up that I think is very interesting, as well as the tweets from the CMA, which I'll read live on the air again, so we can get a full-on opinion of Hargeet and Luke. Uh, uh, Crispy Bomb, let's get your opinion on this. Sony's down 41%, um, and in some places, they're doing really well, the UK specifically, when they posted a 56% increase uh, in console sales and beating out the Switch, which means that they are making money in some aspects uh, where they continue to do things that are very different than Microsoft, especially when you talk about the consumer 
What are your thoughts on this? I, I just I don't get how Sony just continues to get away with these things. It's it's actually it's well, it seems like they're giving comblage to, to do whatever they want. Sony I good, mean, Microsoft bad. It's just it's crazy, and we're gonna get into the other aspect of that. But but in all seriousness, like you know, I look at it from a consumer standpoint. I really don't care if you're hurting as a company. I can care less. Okay, because I see a lot of companies doing a lot of positive things regardless of losing money. So let's be honest right there. A lot of companies aren't raising prices right now, even though they could justify it just like Sony just has. So let's be honest there and say, if you think from your standpoint, what's good for you? If you want to pay $70 for The Last of Us remake, go right ahead. Okay, because I'll tell you right now, if that was the same type of game on Xbox, it would probably be 40. All right. And that's where I go and say, I'm going to spend the money where I want to spend the money. Yeah, I mean, I have well, game crispy pass. To, to, to your point. One of the things that Microsoft is doing, even though, like I said, they're a, they're a lot richer company, but they are not putting the increases on the backs of their players. And Sony continues to do that. And we have seen you have seen you have you have DM'd me. Look at what people are saying. There are people defending them having to pay more for the same thing. And and that's where I go and say, you know, there are certain people. And, and and we're going to get into the other aspect. I mean, Call of Duty. Oh, we can't lose Call of Duty. Well, why is that? Oh, it's because you just threw multiplayer right to the side, Sony, didn't you? And mm. now all of a sudden, multiplayer is bigger than ever. And Xbox, regardless of their stature at a certain point in time, you know, within the past 10 years, decided, you know what? We're going to stick with it because we might be a little ahead. And now all of a sudden, you see all these guys. I mean, look at Forza's players' numbers just keep growing and growing and growing. You know what I mean? And, and Sony just sits there and says, oh, we're, we're going to get at least $10 million from God of War. What else are you getting? I mean, you're gonna, we're not seeing you know any, any cosmetics, anything like that. Where are they going to get the money from? They should have thought of these things. And that, that's yeah, where you go and I say they're, they're, they're games as a service thing. That's why they're jumping in. So we're going to have this many. We're going to have so many of them. And you're going to sit there and go, well, did you ever think that, you know, this model was going to work or you just said, screw it? Where Did you become Microsoft back at the beginning of the Xbox One era and say, oh, you know, having a lot of studios doesn't matter. We can kind of squeak our way through and, you know, having quality studios, that doesn't matter. We can just we can just have, you know, Gears 4 as a Halo and we'll be fine because that's kind of the way Xbox was acting. So right. you, you acted like that with games as a service model and having multiplayer in your games. So. Explain to me why the consumer's problem is you not paying attention to the market. Because I'm sorry, I, I work in the retail industry. We are constantly adapting. Okay, we have to because consumers adapt. You know, they want more ready meals now. They want to be able to go grab something and cook it. They don't want to have to think about a bunch of other ingredients. You know, we, we have panko breaded chicken, stuff like that. That's already ready to be thrown in the oven. Okay, and that's the way consumers are now. They want to boot up Game Pass and have a, a library of games and not have to worry about any exclusives coming out. Does a Netflix subscriber have to sit there and say, oh, are we going to see Stranger Things or is it going to go to wherever else first? You know what I mean? Come on. You know, so yeah. I, that's that's where I go and say, you know, my wallet says I, I'm done with you, Sony. I'm done. OK, you, you can't even come out with a damn multiplayer exclusive. I'm done right now. And, and hopefully they get it together until then. That's it.
Yeah, no, good stuff. We're going to come back to you as well. Before we get to Kayasante on this, I got to catch up on the Super Chats. There's been quite a few big ones in there. And, of course, our guest is not only here, he's dropping a Super Chat and Halo credits, which hopefully you're quick on the draw. Uh, but thank you, Hargeet, for that. Uh, we got your baby Farva drops a $10 Super Chat. I love that name. It always makes me laugh. He says, hey, boom, hope all is well in the home front, brother. Sup panel and chat. Sony still money-hatting third-party games while crying about Microsoft. Can't make it up. First of all, thank you for the uh, family concern. Uh, I was with mom all day today, and she's she's still with us. Let's just say that. And she ate dinner. So I'm very happy about the little things in life right now. And uh, I appreciate the concern and, of course, the uh, generosity as well. Drawn TJ, my brother, drops a very generous $10 super chat and says, Hey, Boom, hope your family is doing well. Uh, my family is doing good. Well, that is awesome to hear. I think the deal gets done mid-November at the latest. Yeah, I with everything going on, I'm, I'm starting to really kind of move myself into March or April of next year. I just think that there are a lot. This is the biggest deal ever in, in, in tech, right? It's the biggest deal in gaming by leaps and bounds. Uh, I think there's Microsoft is lining up their ducks. There's a reason why they didn't go to see because the CMA gave them five days to present something where they didn't have to go to the second look and Microsoft didn't even bother. Cause that means they would have had to drop monster concessions potentially saying, Oh yeah, call of duty forever on PlayStation. They're not going to do that and they shouldn't have to, but Luke will break that down. So thank you so much for that. Drawing TJ drops an additional $2 super chat and says, great panel, by the way. Well, thank you, brother. Definitely uh, appreciate that. We also have Sith Lord, oh, good friend of the show, great friend of the community. He drops a $5 super chat and says, just got done with dialysis early. Ah, oh, dude, I didn't even know you were going through that, brother. I am so glad that you're here with us still, of course, and that you got done early. Hopefully you are feeling good. He says, I saw I can watch you guys live. Hope your mom is doing well. Boom. Thank you so much for that. We are always praying and thinking about her. Well, thank you. Yes, the OG, uh, the the one that birthed me is, uh, yeah, she's going through it. But we are supporting her. And uh, we definitely love and uh, appreciate all of the well wishes and prayers that you've sent towards me. And my mom definitely appreciate that. And oh, my God. <laughs> Hargeet has gone ape crap on the live on the air. He has dropped code after code after code. Hopefully, you are as fast as he is to drop these out. Hargeet, thank you so much. He drops, uh, let's see, a $2 Super Chat, a $2 Super Chat, a $5 Super Chat, and two more $2 Super Chats with a bunch of codes. Folks, hopefully you win. Thank this man right here. Uh, thank you, Hargeet, as always. Uh, Kayasante. You and I talk pretty much every day, and one of the things that really does uh, bother us about Sony is that they're like I, I've used this I've used this analogy before. They're the schoolyard bully, right? They've been bullying uh, the kid, which is Microsoft, for many many years, and finally Microsoft has had enough of it. They gone to the gym. Now they're cock D, right? Now they're walking. <laughs> now they're big man on on campus. And the bully comes up and he gets beat down. And then the bully is crying to the principal. Why did he beat me up? But yet he has been the bully for what seems like a decade. Uh, Seeing what's going on with the price increases on almost everything that is PlayStation. uh, And, uh, and now, and they're, you know, again, posting some, some big numbers in other regions, you know, right now they're down in the stock market. Like many people, What, what, what is your overall thought on this? No, I, I think it's been a very interesting conversation so far. And between Luke and Hargeet and, and even the mag, you know, very, very interesting points made by all. And I, I can't disagree 
by and large with any point that was made. You know, they they are a small company, right? They they are uh, uh, beholden to that PlayStation brand, unlike the other companies and under other competitors in that space that can can you know withstand a little bit of you know uh, um, economic pressure because hey you know if all else fails microsoft has other entities that they can fall on you know things like that so all that makes sense and all that basically t- uh, telegraphs why and how they would behave as aggressively as they do you know what i mean oh I-, I see we we we're messing up on some of the screens a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah, me, brother. I was typing, trying to reach out yep. to the chat, brother. Continue. Not a problem. Not a problem. Right. No, no. But uh, basically, that's that. All that makes sense to me, you know. So the the thing that I find interesting, though, what I think is an interesting thought experiment to to, to kind of add to to the bunch a little bit, and it, it was where Luke was going as to why they were adding, you know, the the thought experiment of where potentially they were going. It's actually kind of funny. My, myself and Everborn Saga. Shout out to him. He's not here today, but. He and I were having a quick chat about this a couple of days ago about you know the 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 increase in pricing and and what potentially it could be and where where we were going, and then serendipitously we we happened to see the new coverage. I'm not sure if everybody's seen it, the new coverage everywhere showing off the PSVR two, right? And just out of nowhere, just an epiphany came came to mind when we were thinking about this. Is this the connect but backwards? Whereas at first, everyone was, was basically forced to subsidize the Kinect price by basically paying a higher price for the, for the console. But hey, at least the box came with the Kinect. But now this is backwards. Everyone, whoever happens to want to get a PSVR 2, probably that, that headset will cost way more than they, they expect it to. So they're subsidizing bucks, the cost. I'm thinking, at, at, I'm at, thinking at the, the same, right? Yeah. So possibly, possibly they're subsidizing the cost by everyone paying more now, whether you end up buying one or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? There, there are lots of many interesting ways and, and avenues that this could be heading. But, you know, to me, it's not, I, I try hard and, and um, whenever I speak to the community and we have, we have uh, shows ourselves and whatnot, I try hard not to dwell too much on what one one side says versus another you know like like you know you hear <laughs> i i love this i love these uh these memes that have been going around uh what is it uh and i know hargeet knows exactly what i'm talking about uh, what is it crying lion dance moves ryan losing that's the one he's dying <laughs> you know what i'm saying i love all these things this is hilarious right but let's be real here right let's be absolutely a hundred percent honest right this is what he's supposed to be doing if he wasn't doing this, I would be concerned because through hook or crook, this company whose 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 main bread and butter is the gaming division is potentially having their world rocked right now by this huge, huge deal. Right. It's very big to them. Obviously, it's a very big deal. We all know, you know, we uh, we as consumers who and, and also content creators ourselves have been watching the balls and strikes for a while now. So we know that they're just being lazy and come on, you know, you can innovate, you can do it. You've you've done it before. But realistically, you know, every look at look at every environment that we that we we happen to look at right now. EA has become a sports machine, right? Because those sell. Ubisoft, we saw them recently. They've become an EA uh, an, an Assassin's Creed machine because those sell. All of them hearken to the status quo when they eventually find what works, right? The creatives basically are left to the exit, stage left. At that point, it's, okay, these sell. We're going to continue selling them because they sell. We'll we'll iterate on them. You know, that's why you see your remakes of remasters of remakes, right? So 
forcing them to 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 change their status quo is very nervous for them obviously right that that's just the way it is and however they they see fit to to change some of that narrative they will do whatever is necessary hence the lion crying dance moves Ryan, all that all that stuff right my only thing where, where i the two places that i really really always hearken is one how are the regulators taking it right because i keep saying it this is ronaldo literally grabbing a knee are you going to give him the file or are you going to laugh at him, tell him he's a moron and tell him to just get up and keep it moving, right? He's going to do what he's got to do, right? If he gets it, hey, he got it. If he doesn't get it, hey, good try. Try again next time. That's, the, that's just the way the game is played. And that's what Jim Ryan is doing right now, right? That To me, that's just how it should be looked at. We should laugh and look at this and basically grab our popcorn and watch what happens next. That's the first part. And the second part, and, and then I'll give the mic up, the second part that I think we should really do is be very careful in not taking their words as our own because they're lying. All of them are, right? All of them are either downplaying or over-exaggerating. It's all about the game. It's all about, hey, you regulator, whether you be CMA or whoever it happens to be this week, let's see how much we can, how thick we can lay it on and see how many interns, you're in, how good work your interns do in laying the groundwork and you understanding this gaming environment. If they're not good, maybe we might win something, right? That's what this game is about. So we should be very careful not to necessarily go, well, you know, well, Jim says this and, you know, uh, the the macroeconomic conditions on the ground. Yeah, shut up, right? They're making money hand over fist. Unlike normal, they are already now uh, making a profit. And, and if you look at it from a technical perspective, they shouldn't be making a profit because those chips are still not cheap but they're making a profit. That tells you something, right? They've re they've iterated on the hardware multiple times. That hardware has been optimized, but not to a new level. They have not gone to a different uh, 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 chip nanometers. Uh, uh, uh. So it's all about optimizations in the current iteration of the console and the platform as it is, which is cost savings, right? If you had your very first version, chances are, I mean, I, I, I won't say that in stone, but I bet you in the next five, six years, we're about to we're going to start hearing that different revisions of the consoles last different lengths of time because of all of these revisions and all of these cost cuttings and cost saving measures. It won't matter in the grand scheme because they won't they won't sell you a dud. They want to be able to sell you the games, but still, all that matters in in, in the grand scheme. So, long story short, I, I just think we should just keep an eye out, keep an, keep looking at this, right? And not take Jim Ryan seriously when he starts, you know, crying, lying, and dance moving and all that, you know? Well, I mean, listen, what a way to open up the show. First of all, a couple of things. Number one, we have over 500 live viewers, which is amazing. So thank you so much. If you're finding the channel for the first time, this is Double Barrel Gaming. I am Mr. Boomstick XL. I have just moved into streaming five days a week, Monday through Friday, all new content each and every day. Uh, some shows are two hours like this one and others are 70 to 90 minutes. That's the Monday and Thursday show. Uh, but listen, if you're enjoying the content, uh, consider subscribing. We're, we're our, our mission for the remainder of 2022 is to try and hit 12 K. We're almost at 11.2 and you can help us get it there by, uh, by sub subbing the channel, hit the, uh, the, 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 the notification bell. So you always know when I go live, listen, folks. We got more to get, we got more to break down. I got a couple of super chats to jump into that I want to catch up on. I want to say a big thank you to all those super chats because those help us do the big giveaways. And there's one coming in a couple of weeks for 
my birthday. Boom's birthday bash. That's right. My birthday, folks, you get the presents. $500 worth of digital gifts are going to be coming your way. And all you got to do to win is be in the chat. We'll get more about that on the back end of the show. Veil of Darkness drops a very generous $5 super chat and says, hope you're all having a great day. I always love watching your podcast. Well, that's very kind of you to say, brother. We definitely appreciate you being here. And of course, thank you for the generosity. Um, I, I have a good friend, basically the community's good friend, Outbreak Podcast. Dave, thank you so much for being here. He drops a $2 super chat and says, I'm sure they replied to the CMA uh, 100%. We won't know. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, they had five days to present evidence or a concession of sorts to uh, to them, and they chose not to. And I think that's because the CMA, the FTC, and many of these regulators don't really have a leg to stand on considering Sony's marketplace uh, position, how much money they are making, how much they're charging their customers, and the fact that they are still the marketplace uh, leader. Uh, Jess, Jesse DeBario drops a very generous $6 super chat and says, Yo, Boom and friends, a little late to the party, but love the show as always. Keep up the awesome job with the show. Thank you so much, Jesse. Definitely appreciate that. And we're happy that you are here. But Luke, I got to go to you first, brother, because we specifically uh, were talking in DMs because you have and, and and you'll break down exactly what you do for a living. But you've had some dealings with the CMA and I want to break down what sparked a ridiculous amount of controversy on September 1st, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, their first tweet uh, is this. We've been investigating Microsoft's anticipated $69 billion purchase of Activision King Blizzard and have discovered that this deal could substantially lessen competition in, and this is where they start using emojis, which is shocking to me, gaming consoles, multi-game subscription services, and cloud gaming services. Then they follow that up with, Microsoft is one of the biggest players in the gaming industry. Together with Sony and Nintendo UK, they have led the gaming's console market for the past 20 years with limited competition from rivals. I I I don't know if, if third place is is considered mark, you know, biggest one of the players, but okay, we'll go with that. They then continue with three consecutive tweets, one after another. Activision Blizzard develops and publish, publishes some of the world's best-selling and most recognizable gaming franchises, including Call of Duty and World of Warcraft. They continue with a block emoji. We're concerned that the deal, if the deal goes ahead, we could it could harm rivals, including recent and future entrants into the gaming business by refusing or hindering access to Activision Blizzard games. Well, Sony does that on a regular basis, so I don't understand what they're talking about, but this is their last tweet. Microsoft and Activision Blizzard now have five days to make proposals to address our concerns. If any proposals are made are not sufficient, we'll explore this deal in more depth to reach a decision that works for the UK gamers and businesses, right? Okay, so Luke, that's what the CMA had to say, but I have Article 29 of the document that they put out there on their Phase 1 findings, and this is, Luke, this is what they had to say. PlayStation currently has a larger share of the console gaming market than Xbox, but the CMA considers that Call of Duty is sufficiently more important than losing access to it or losing access on competitive terms could significantly impact Sony's revenues and user base. This impact is likely to be felt, especially at launch, 
of the next generation of consoles where gamers make fresh decisions about which console to buy. The CMA believes that the merger could therefore significantly weaken Microsoft's closest rival to the detriment of overall competition in the console gaming space. Luke, this this is written very strange. And please, maybe I'm a boob because I don't understand corporate law. But the way that this is written seems extremely one-sided. It seems like it was written by a 19-year-old who obviously console wars on his time off from work. Um, I am actually shocked that they considered to be Microsoft's uh, third place. And 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 let let let's let's be real here, folks. If you add up PlayStation 4 numbers and PlayStation 5 numbers, they're sitting at 140 million consoles plus. If you look at Nintendo, they're at over a, near 118 million consoles sold. You know where Xbox is at when you can when you put the Xbox One and the Series S and X together? They're at just 70, literally half of what Sony is doing and still 40 million units under Nintendo, which is only one console. I find it very hard to believe that they would find Microsoft as to be this big bad wolf in sheep clothing by getting ABK. But I'll let Luke Steele take the, the please Luke, explain to the viewers what exactly do you do? for a living and ha- and what what dealings have you had with the cma uh yeah sure i suppose that's quite helpful context so i'm a corporate mergers and acquisitions lawyer um so that's that's what i do um I also investment funds law but it's not relevant here um and uh yeah i've worked on um uh acquisitions that have been notifiable to the cma uh, before, uh, as well as um, the EU and other um, competition authorities across the world. Um, so I've actually done, um, for certain ones, I've actually done the application forms that you do for these kind of mergers. Um, so I've got a pretty good grounding of this stuff. I'd say I'd be not a very good corporate M&A lawyer if I didn't, I guess, uh, considering I've done the stuff. Um, so, yeah, so I guess... Um, I think I think to your point with how the CMA word this stuff, I, I totally understand when people come to this blind, it looks really weird um, because they, you know, when they're putting out a phase one analysis, the way that they describe this is always by reference to significant rivals, right? So, right. for example paragraph 29 that you highlighted it's it's always by reference to sony because really sony are microsoft's biggest rival in the gaming console space um there is a deliberate reason for that and if you look at other cma um you know analysis for different sectors whether that's pharmaceutical companies or you know uh, energy or anything like that even some of microsoft's own um, mergers that they've had to notify uh, for example um the way that they refer to kind of the principal harm, if you will, of these mergers or the potential principal harm is by reference to significant rivals. And that's because the CMA are looking at what they call a theory of harm. So what they're looking for is um, essentially uh, they're looking at a hypothesis of if the merger happened, what will happen to the rivalry, the big rivalry that exists in this sector? Um and specifically what they're looking for in phase one is, is there um, 
a realistic possibility that the merger will result in a substantial lessening of competition as it exists between the current rivalry. So when they reference Sony, it's not that they're favorite, you know, kind of playing favorites or anything like that. Although I can see why, again, someone coming to it blind would, would look at it like that, but they do this in, in any other, any other filing. Um, so they're looking at, and the way, and the whole purpose of that is to say, if there is this issue with a rivalry, if there is this substantial lessening of competition, ultimately, how will that affect consumers? And obviously, you know, how you think that might affect consumers is, you know, throw a matchup in the air and, and have a think about it, right? It's difficult to predict um, the future and it's difficult to go forward. But um, that's what they're doing. So hopefully that alleviates some of the kind of concern about favoritism, at least to some extent. Um, they're not, you know, the CMA are not motivated by any particular sector or uh, player in that sector. Um, but the, certainly the way that they talk about their analysis is very strange if you're, you know, in layman terms, right? It's not how you'd think they would refer to stuff. So I guess that's what they're, um, that's, that's what they're doing. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's, it, it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult to kind of look at this stuff uh, from that angle. But, and I guess, you know, re what's kind of happened now is that, um, as you said, the uh, Microsoft and Activision Blizzard were given, uh, I can't remember how many days it was, it was five or, eight or something five like days. that. Five days. Yeah, so again, very standard to give undertakings to the CMA to try and alleviate some of those competition concerns. Um, it's very rare that um, people give any undertakings uh, to the CMA after a phase one analysis. The reason being is because the type of undertakings that the CMA are looking for at that point are, are ones called structural undertakings. So in other words, they want an undertaking, which is effectively a legally binding promise, by the way, um, as to what the merged parties will do with certain assets usually. So for example, um, they might look for part of a, a business of one of the merger parties to be hived off into a separate company, something like that. Um, so they look for these structural undertakings, uh, which nobody at phase one is prepared to give, obviously, because that's that's something pretty dramatic. I guess in Microsoft's case, it would be something like they would, I don't know, uh, give the Call of Duty IP to a separate, you know, a separate company almost, and they would run it outside of Microsoft or Activision Blizzard's influence. That would be the type of thing the CMA are looking for right now. Um, but uh, and they don't usually accept what are called behavioural undertakings, which are undertakings where a party will say, "No, we we promise, you know, we'll do X in the future." So you know, people were talking about, for example, Microsoft giving an undertaking. Um, that they'd keep Call of Duty on a platform for X amount of time, right? Um, the CMA don't like those at all. So um, it's now going to go into phase two. Uh, phase two is a much more in-depth review um, of the merger process um, and of the merger at hand. Um, it means that there is zero chance that the deal will happen this year right? Uh, because it takes... Uh, effectively, the CMA have a... Statute, well, it's not even a statutory uh, requirement. It's effectively an internal guidance that 
they will take at least 24 weeks or up to a maximum rather of 24 weeks to do this. Now you might think maybe they'll just take less time. They never do. Because why would they, right? They've got 24 weeks according to their guidance. They can also extend that for up to eight weeks. So you're talking minimum six months um, now that it's going to phase two before the CMA actually reach a decision about what they want to happen. Um, so it's interesting, you know, um, I don't know uh, where it will end up. Um, I'm still pretty confident it will go through by hook or crook. Um, certainly I want it to because I want more games in Game Pass. Um, but um, yeah, I think, you know, if people have particular questions, I could probably help answer some of them. But hopefully that's maybe a little bit helpful in terms of context. You know, it, it is. And I'm glad you broke it down the way it's in more layman's terms so we understand. But l- l- let me ask you this. The tactic that uh, was used by Jim Ryan where he responded directly to Phil Spencer. Uh, Phil Spencer put out uh, a, uh, you know, a post where he had confirmed that in January, uh, Luke, that they had sent uh, a, a signed document, uh, you know, uh, you know, pledging that Call of Duty would uh, be kept on PlayStation for several more years. And we found out that those several more years were three, making it go all the way up to 2027. Uh, and, you know, and some people have asked why that particular date, because 2028, we all expect uh, that there's going to be new consoles. And boy, oh boy, would it be something else for Microsoft to be able to say Call of Duty exclusive for the Xbox, whatever you want to call it next. Um, is it, uh, was it unusual for Jim Ryan to say that this, the, the extension, the three-year extension was inadequate for his PlayStation gamers where, you know, we have heard and we have seen many people talk about this. Jim Ryan can give a flying F about PlayStation, uh, I mean, about Xbox gamers. And we've seen that time and time again with all the exclusive content the deals. I mean, Zombies, for instance, is still not on Call of Duty Vanguard for Xbox players. It, it, it's literally what Sony has built their entire platform on is holding Xbox players hostage and forced, if they want to you know, uh, be a part of the conversation, to buy a PlayStation. What are your thoughts on that? Um, do I think it was surprising? No, probably for primary reason was that and just being honest i think that offer by microsoft was just to get something on the table it was a bit of corporate bluster because Mm. there's no way there's no way like looking at just look at it logically from jim ryan's perspective he finds out in january that microsoft would agree to buy activision blizzard and let's say a week or two weeks later he's presented with some some form of pledge by microsoft about the future of call of duty that's not enough time from any business sense to actually evaluate the impact or potential future impact of that merger on sony's business right on, on the playstation business so i think what microsoft actually did was a little bit cheeky I, I totally get why they did it but i think it was a little bit cheeky because it makes jim ryan at least superficially look like the bad guy again because he's rejected you know an offer made i don't think it's made in good faith really i think it's i think if the shoe was on the other foot i think sony would do exactly the same by the way um so i I don't think that's um surprising and i guess yeah jim ryan doesn't care about xbox gamers but of course he doesn't he cares about playstation gamers you know he cares about potential playstation gamers um he wants to attract people to that platform in the same way that 
uh, you know, Phil wants to get people into the Xbox ecosystem, if, if you want to call it that nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, so I certainly, you know, obviously Jim says, and I did find this bit funny that, you know, we don't think that's adequate for PlayStation gamers. He's not really talking about PlayStation gamers at that point. He's saying that's not adequate for us, right, yeah, as a business. because yeah. For PlayStation, because obviously if we don't have Call of Duty, that does and that would have impacts on, on PlayStation as a business and it's and it's gamers by association, right? Because who knows what you know, they probably a number of them would probably just go or they would at least go and buy an Xbox or, or a you know uh, access Game Pass through some device to play Call of Duty if it was exclusive, for example. So it wasn't surprising. I think again, and KSN's point to this, and I think is absolutely spot on. It's all corporate tit for tat at the moment, mm. and I don't think we should be. I know this sounds weird, taking sides in this above just what we want as consumers, right? Because I want the deal to go through and because uh, I want games on Game Pass because that benefits me. But what benefits me is not the same type of thing that benefits Microsoft or Sony or any of the players in this. So, right, of, of, course. Course, Jim, yeah. of course, Jim Ryan is going to come out and say X, Y, and Z is not good. Of course, Sony are going to give responses to questions asked by regulators that paint this thing in a negative light or that frame the market in such a way that it makes it seem like, you know, this would be really bad for the market. That's their job, right? That's that's what they have to do. Um, and if any of us were in that position, we would do exactly the same uh, because we're beholden to the share. You know, we, we are the corporate one-on-one. Who do you run the company for? Well, it's the company as a whole. How do you it, define it's the company? It's for the investors. Yeah, how do you find define the company as a whole, it's by its shareholders. That's it. You know, in every Mm -hmm. jurisdiction in the world, that's how it is. So it's, uh, we may not like it, you know, uh, but I just find it endlessly entertaining, to be honest. I think it's brilliant. Um, And uh, it's, it's, you know, the kind of tit for tat, corporate back and forth, espionage going on, you know, it's just great. It's just great. And there are lawyers being paid so much money to do this. It's unbelievable. They'll just be rubbing their hands with how much money they'll get from this. Brilliant. Yeah, no, it, that's good. So listen, brother, if anyone has any questions for Luke, throw them into the chat. Uh, I'll start looking now. But Hargate Chani, I want to get your opinion on this. Look, Jim Ryan uh, is a guy that talks, as the kids say, out the side of his neck. Uh, this is the same guy that said we believe in generations. Uh, we, uh, we, our, our players don't play old games when their entire service is built on old games. I mean, he has – I mean, I'm obviously – if he was on Dancing for the Stars, I mean, it's an automatic trophy. I'm coming home because no one dances better than Jim Ryan. And uh, I thought it was, uh, like Luke said, he thought it was very cheeky of Microsoft to do what they did. And again, maybe they were baiting Jimmy old boy to come out there and say something he probably shouldn't have said, but he did. Uh, and I and I have a strong suspicion that we're going to get a rebuttal from someone. Someone is going to talk about, what happens now, whether that's Brad Smith, whether that's Phil Spencer himself, I don't know, but I feel a rebuttal is on the way. And the reason why we didn't get that this week is because Bonnie, Bonnie Ross obviously announced her, uh, you know, her stepping down as head of three, four, three industries. But Hargeet, when, when you see what Sony has done, uh, what, like I said, all you have to do is look back 10 years. They have done everything in their power to basically, heard people towards the PlayStation brand and Microsoft has been in third place. And, and obviously we know what happened in the Xbox one uh, generation to start. 
they had bad leadership. They had people making big decisions that were there were an unbelievable detriment to the Xbox brand. And Phil Spencer has come in and has done some massive things. And this ABK deal is one of them. Uh, I have, like Luke said, I have a strong suspicion it is going to go through because there are en- there is enough evidence to suggest that even with the deal, Microsoft is going to still be in third place, at least for now. Uh, what what are your thoughts on what Luke had to say regarding the CMA? Are you, are you surprised it is going to a second look? Not at all, right? Because the FTC did that. The EU did that. I, I This is a big, big merger, right? You, you can't expect them to just say, yeah, go for it. <laughs> all of them are going to do this, right? It, it's going to happen. Even if, if they all think it's going to go, like, even if those regular, regulatory agencies are going to say, yeah, we're, we're good with it. The look would be so horrible if you let $70 billion be spent by one gaming company and you didn't investigate it. They're going to have to do it. So I, I did. It was fully expected. It was good. So there was the potential that all of this could go through if that didn't happen sometime late this year. But the problem is it was going to happen. The CMA is going to go to phase two. Right. They'd have to. So that does not surprise me in any way. Um, what I understand is the, the way they communicated was actually kind of normal for them. So again, that's cool, right? So they're not doing anything above board or, or weird. They're uh, sorry, uh, you know, underhanded or weird. It's all above board. Everything's good, right? So that's cool. Um, the wording that they had was very Sony, uh, I guess, aligned, right? Because it seemed like the stuff we got from Brazil kind of gives paints the same picture. Okay, that's a little concerning, but I think it basically was an input that they took towards it, it did seem the, like they did cut and paste right yeah, like if, right. if you if, yeah, if you look exactly. at the brazilian uh, the brazilian documentation that was released by the by the country uh some of the things that they said in these articles were literally cut and paste yeah yeah and and i think this is where microsoft's gonna have to come in in phase two and kind of really uh dig in and give them the data right and then they can go also independently because i think that's how it works most of these are independent reviews as well to kind of get a, a full picture of the the landscape you know, looking at some of the numbers, Xbox One, PS4 gen, it was like 80-20 PS4, right? Uh, above 70 is considered a, a monopoly, right? And so, you know, and, and okay, you could say, hey, there's Nintendo. What about Nintendo? Nintendo doesn't play in AAA space. They just don't, right? If I'm playing Call of Duty, I'm not getting a Switch. It's it's not even there. It doesn't, it's irrelevant, right? So I'm looking at PlayStation or Xbox. And a lot of the big AAA games, you, you're going to get a blockbuster game you're looking at one of those two platforms for now. I hope Nintendo comes in with the next console and, and plays in that place. Right. But, but they're not there right now. Right. So, um, so the, the problem with the sales things that like, Oh, this is going to hurt. That's actually a good thing. And hopefully they will realize that. Right. So in the UK market right now, Sony has way too much market share and it is actually good that their market share dips because their competitors are coming to play. Right. So that's a good thing. And that's right. what Microsoft will go through. So I, I, I fully expect that the second phase was going to happen because it is what it is, right? It's so hard for them to say, we'll just let it go when it's $70 billion. That's a big, big merger. So it, it kind of had to be that way. Um, is, is what Jim Ryan's doing surprising? No, not really. Uh, again, he's beholden to his shareholders. I'm surprised he put it in public, though, because it makes him look like a chump, right? But it, it really does, right? <laughs> uh, like... You know, this I fully expected them to do all the things they're doing in private, right? Go to all the regulatory agencies and cry foul and say, We're gonna die if this happens, you can't let it happen. Right. I fully expect because he has to he has to vouch for his shareholders who are of gonna course. lose money. 
That's just the way it is, right? So I I do not begrudge him doing this. 100% he should be doing that. That's his job, right? So if he didn't do it, that would be bad. But in public, <laughs> that, that part is kind of confusing to me. And maybe it was the cheeky offer that prompted him to do that. But, I mean, he should have just known better. It, it, it's, it's a laughing stock issue. Well, according to him, he wanted to set the record straight there, Hargeet. Yeah. On well, what? <laughs> to be <laughs> fair, to be fair, it was Phil that came out. Yes, and publicly said yeah. that that we made them this offer. So you know, Jim was just again corporate tit for tat, giving one back. I mean, even threw some nice corporate shade and said, "Well, I wasn't going to comment on this, but because I thought yeah, it was a private and, and, business discussion, but I feel the need absolutely. to." Absolutely. And in the case of 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 uh, a business level understanding, right? And you're an M and A guy, right? So you understand that businesses do this all the time. Consumers, on the other hand, don't know that. Right. And consumers are going to say, why are you crying? They're giving you this for seven years. What, what are you talking about? What, what, what's going on? Like, go, go away. This is stupid. Right. We understand that that's going to like if you're looking at a business acquisition, you understand that that can, that can happen. Right. But I just like from a, a, a just a, a view an optics perspective, this can't be good from a consumer perspective. Right. But I guess he's taking a calculated risk. So whatever. Right. But yeah, I, I'm not surprised by that. Uh, and and I, I would disagree that he cares about PlayStation uh, players either, because if he cared about them, he wouldn't raise the price of games, raise the price of the console, uh, charge more for accessories, uh, you know, all this, the, the uh, you know, consumer unfriendly things they do. Right. He cares about the bottom line and he cares about his shareholders. That's who he cares about. So Jim Ryan is, is about that. Phil is the opposite. He cares about the gamers more than he cares about the rest of it. Well, one is a gamer. So, one is a corporate, you know, exactly. Person. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, now, Hargeet, of course, Phil's also looking out for the bottom line of Microsoft. But no, no, I mean, listen, let, let me let, let's not fake the funk here. He yeah. he's he's got shareholders as well, but the yep. Phil's doing it. Listen, the thing with Phil Spencer is he has been a diplomat for years. Like this yep. is not an act. Yep. You know what I'm saying? When Phil Spencer became head of Xbox and he was the guy that was speaking for the brand, we all we all knew who Phil was because he let us know who he was. He talked about his kids. He talked about his wife. He talked about how long he's been in Xbox, how he started as an intern. We learned a lot about him. So I think his transparent behavior is yeah. actually indicative of who he is as a person as well. Jimmy boy has done more harm to his character than good, especially when you start bringing up things like we believe in generations and gamers yep. don't play old games. And, 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 you know, we're for the players instead of really they're for the payers. Yep. And I guess, you know, you, you brought up an interesting point of if the shoe was on the other foot, right? That happened, right? They bought Bungie. They bought Microsoft's X studio Bungie. Uh, and they made it multi-plat. Did they send an adequate letter over to them? I'm, I'm actually curious what happened there. Did, right. did Jim actually go over to Phil and say, here's what I'm going to do with this. Or he just did what he wanted to do. And the regulators didn't seem to care much. It just went through. Right. right. There's no issue, even though, they have literally 70 30 split and that that's worldwide. They have a 70 30 split on consoles for, for the, the triple a games. And that's, that's a monopoly worldwide and nobody seemed to care, right? They're yeah. able to buy a $4 billion acquisition. No problems. Went right through. Right. And, and so I'm kind of curious as to what the concessions were, if there were any, right. It's a very interesting thing, right? So Microsoft is held to a different standard. Fair enough. Right. But Sony continues to buy studios. And they just go through. There's yeah. there's no question, right? And it's like, well, but they have the monopoly share. I I keep saying that nobody seems to want to agree with me, but 
It's 70 30, 116, 118 million versus 50. That, that's yeah. 70 30. Yep. And, and that's a monopoly. So I don't understand why they just continue to go through no problem. And the world is happy with that. Whereas they should be saying, um, Sony, why don't you stop? Because you're taking too much market share. Yeah, indeed. And, and you know something? I think that in the phase two, this is where the education of what Sony has been up to is going to come uh, to fruition, to be honest with you. And I think that's where we're going to see eventually it's going to be like, yeah, we actually have done our investigation. We've uh, we've listened to both sides. We have all, all the uh, documentation and Microsoft is not going to be cornering the market simply because of a one game, which Sony tried to paint as a platform when it's just an IP. And I'm not saying that because I'm an Xbox. I'm not saying that Call of Duty is important. Call of Duty is incredibly important. With that said, it's not its own platform. It is a IP that has been, you know, you know, listen, call it like it is. It's not as popular as it once was because of games yep. like Fortnite, games like Apex Legends and others that are, are eating its lunch, so to speak. So, yes, is it that? Yeah, it, and, and, what was that? I was I was just going to say, but accessibility will change that. Yeah, oh, yeah, we'll do absolutely 100%. You know what, Mag, let, let's go to you first because on right. the back end of the show, you got to skedaddle at nine. So I want to make sure we yeah. get you in here. First of all, Hargeet and Luke have knocked it out of the park. Very hard to follow. Two very smart gentlemen. Yeah, I thanks a lot, you, guys. Well, I think I think I think you can do it, Mag. Look, yeah, we, but, I've read that what the CMA had to say. Luke had a lot of insight that I was unaware of, so I I'm educated today, so I feel very happy about that. Hargeet, well, bringing up some big facts when you talk about you know market share seventy thirty. That's a bit of a you know a problem, but no one seems to think so. And I and, and I agree with him there. How come these conversations aren't happening with Sony? And we go right back to the Sony good, Microsoft bad analogy. What are your thoughts on what we've talked mm -hmm. about so far? Well, actually, I wanted to just put throw my hat in the ring on one thing that Hargit was talking about is that um, the you know when when people are talking about the monopolistic is my favorite word <clears throat> monopolistic uh um uh, sony okay in terms of them and microsoft is that i think the reason why sony continues to get away with it is because i don't think that xbox is the focus when they look at the company they're looking at microsoft itself and i think that that's in a way, unfair, because you are looking at a $2 trillion company, a corporation, right? And they're looking at that. I don't think they're looking at the Xbox division when they say, okay, well, you know, clearly this is a 70-30 split here, uh, but they're not, they're not looking at that. I think the problem is that Microsoft itself, the non-gaming division, casts such a large shadow that it is almost impossible to not associate one with the other. They're not able to separate and differentiate the two. And even if it's not on the financial level, I'm just saying even from a mental point of view, okay, that you will not be able to separate the two. And I think that that is the problem that, that that's happening is that people aren't able to separate. Anyways, that's just my thoughts. Uh, whether I'm right or wrong, who the hell knows? Uh, Luke, I actually have a quick question for you before I get into a little bit of my stuff here. Um, I wanted to ask a question that, uh, first of all, everything that you said was absolutely eye-opening to me because this is not something that I, this is not my forte. And it was uh, it was very enlightening to hear everything you had to say. Now, I do have a quick question, though. I think it was about a week or so ago, because someone brought it up to my attention, and I thought it was a little silly. But then I started to think about it. The CMA used terminology calling the... I don't know if they said Xbox or if they said Microsoft. I cannot remember. But they're saying 
as the market leader, if I may, quote unquote. Now, is it possible that they were referring to Microsoft as, let's say, a tech company market leader? Or was that just a mistake saying that that Xbox, they were thinking that Xbox was a market leader? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh yeah, no, I th- I think I th- I think what they said was something along the lines of that Microsoft are a market leader within ah. the console gaming space, okay. which I know some people disagree with that, but they are because there are three big players in the console market space. Therefore, they're a leader. They're one of the biggest, and it's one of the reasons CMA are kind of taking a probably overtly cautious approach because. There aren't many other entities that can get into that market and produce a sort of goodwill that Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft have over, you know, 20 plus years, right? It's very difficult. Right. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it was just a market leader. It would have been really okay. weird if they said okay. they're the market leader because clearly that's not right. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, so, that's why I wanted to yeah, clarify yeah. because yeah. I had several people mention it to me and I, and I, and I said, okay, well, you know, I, I didn't really think anything of it until you started speaking. I'm like, wait a minute, this is the man to ask. So if he doesn't know, <laughs> then nobody knows, right? So anyways, <laughs> thank you for that. I appreciate that. No now, in terms of what's going on, like I said, I'm not going to dive too deep into it because I'm not as well-versed. However, there is absolutely zero surprise here, okay, that they're going to do their due diligence, okay? Even if there is zero question, let's say on a, on a, on a legal level, let's just say, that there is zero question that this goes, that this deal is going to go through. The process must be thorough. Okay. I do work for a corporate, a big American corporation, mind you. Okay. And now that I've moved up quite a bit, it is remarkable to me that I can't say things like, well, why can't we just get it done? Because when I used to work on the ground level, that's how we did things because we did things on a much smaller scale, right? And so we said like, well, well, when something came up, when A happened and B happened, well, we made C happen. And that was all there is to it. Well, now I've now I'm learning that that is not the way things work. And so now, it, on a much larger scale, is that they're going to have to go through this. They're going to have to dot, okay, every I. They're going to have to cross every T. They're going to have to do it. And even if, even if it's just going through the motions for the sake of going through the motions, it still has to be done. And the reason also for that is that there is no that that eventually, let's say someone wanted to fight it down the road, that there is no discrepancies, that everything is accounted for so that someone can't come down the line and challenge it. That is also another reason why. So that you have absolutely zero. Like, for example, I have to do that, too, so that somebody doesn't sue us for one reason or another. I can't I can't give the specifics as to what I'm talking about, but we have to make sure that we have every single moment of our day is documented and signed by two different people so that there are no discrepancies down the road so that someone can't challenge it later on and in you know in court or something and say hey well you know what we're we don't agree with this we're going to fight this in court or whatever if everything is done and everything is there there's absolutely no way that you could do that then it is foolproof that's 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 just my like i said i'm being very vague but that's just my thoughts on that now the other thing you were talking about very quickly here is that you're talking you know we're talking about you know, Sony coming, uh, sorry, not Sony, excuse me, about Jim Ryan coming out and speaking. Uh, by the way, uh, Luke is absolutely right. It was Phil Spencer who actually said something first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he kind of baited the situation a little bit. However, I'm not sure. See, that's the thing about Phil. I don't really know. He's so mysterious. I know it sounds crazy to say that. I know he's very transparent in the way he is and what his wants and needs are and, and how he feels about the gaming community. We all know that. Okay. However, when it comes to this, 
you don't know whether he's being nefarious or he was just being honest. He was like, I'm just helping this guy out. I'm just trying to help this guy out. I wonder what the hell is the problem. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm offering him something. We don't know if that's the case. Or was he being, was he, you know, was he throwing a, was he lobbing a bomb into the Sony camp? We don't know. Trying to bait them to say something stupid. Who the hell knows what they're, what, what's going on behind the scenes? Because we don't know them personally. Okay. We know them on a superficial level. Uh, now, the thing is, Sony, Jim Ryan, absolutely, he doesn't really care about the players. It doesn't care about the, and at the same time, Besides Phil and besides a couple of other ones, they, they, they don't care either, guys. We are numbers to them. We are numbers. We are we are what makes the numbers happen. Okay. We are part, we are cogs in the machine in their mind, right? Especially for a corporation. Now, however, the thing is, and Jim, of course, is going to be looking out for his shareholders. Now, the interesting thing is, is that I don't think that Jim is afraid of Call of Duty not coming, not being on PlayStation eventually one day. I personally think that there's going to be absolutely no uh, no chance that it's going to be exclusive to Xbox, personally. I think it's always going to be on PlayStation in one form or another. However, I think that what they're not talking about and their biggest problem is Game Pass. They are not afraid of anything else. I think Game Pass is the reason they're afraid is because, let's face it, at the end of the day, the accessibility of the Xbox ecosystem is a problem for them because I can access it right here on my phone. I can access it, which everybody in the world has. You can access it on your tablets and all the... You know, I don't have to go through it all, okay? Smart TVs and everything else without consoles. All you need is a controller. So the accessibility to the ecosystem is there. Now you're taking away the price this is the nail in the coffin they are trying to avoid. I think that at the end of the day, the real battle here is not about exclusivity on the Xbox ecosystem. It's not about being multi-plat with, with, you know, with Sony and, and who knows, who the hell knows, maybe Nintendo one day. It's all about Game Pass. I think that this is a crossroads for Game Pass. Personally, I think that that is it's true. I think Game Pass will always be successful. I think it will do well. It will do just fine, quote-unquote. However, Call of uh, ABK deal will bring it into the stratosphere, and this is what they truly fear. They don't fear anything else from, from, from Xbox, but well, they that's do because they're going to be forced. Well, listen, the reason why Sony has a service mag is because of Xbox Game Pass. Right. What they might eventually have to do in order to combat what Microsoft is doing is once again do something that they didn't want to do, and that is put day and date in there. They're going right. to have now, to evo- eventually evolve the service to true. match what Microsoft is doing. But games like Call, uh, games like God of War and, and Spider-Man and Horizon series and everything else, they can't even combined hold yeah. a candle to the crappiest Call of Duty. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? The, the one, uh, Vanguard that Vanguard. came out last year. Yeah. Was terrible. still the number one selling game of 2021, people. It sure was. Do we have to, you know what I'm saying? Like, do we have to repeat this every year? Go through the NB- MPDs when actually MPDs were a thing. Okay. When, you know, when physical copies, it was Call of Duty every single year except for one year. And guess what year that was? 2013. Guess why? Grand Theft Auto V. Other than that, it's always Call of Duty. Anyways, the thing is, those games, if Sony decides to compete on that front, 
it still won't be able to battle the beast of Call of Duty, regardless of what I was saying earlier of when, whether Call of Duty is still going to be significant in five to six years from now. It is now, though. That's all it is. And you know what? Everybody loves a big comeback story. That thing could actually become even bigger than ever if they release a hot game. We're going to find out later this year when Modern Warfare 2 comes. If Modern Warfare 2 drops the way it should, it's going to be the biggest game since guess what? You guessed it. The last Modern Warfare. Yeah. Okay. And so, therefore, you can combine God of War, Last of Us, uh, Horizon uh, Forbidden West, and, and Spider Man 2. Yeah. And, what's that? Yeah. And, and Gran all Turismo. Those, yeah. Gran Turismo. You could put all them together, and they still won't even equal the concurrent player base of Call of Duty on a daily basis. Right. Yeah. And that is what they're afraid of. And that is the nail in the cut. When everybody says, oh, it's just Call of Duty. It's not Call of Duty. It's about the concurrent player base that goes in there every day and spends money. That is what it is. It's, well, what's in, what's in, it's funny you say that because what's interesting into the spending money aspect is why people who are going to be playing on Xbox and potentially paying as low as $5 a month are going to be inclined to spend money on those microtransactions. You're damn because, right. Because they're only paying 5 bucks a month. Them and, I, their, and their four college buddies are paying $25 each. Everyone's playing Call of Duty, and it's in Game Pass day and date. I bought I bought a couple of skins on Fortnite to play with my son. Right. Because I don't have to pay for the game. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I bought uh I bought the season pass just so I can get the um uh, Lara Croft uh skin. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It was 10 bucks. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It was 10 bucks, but I'm not I'm not paying for the game. And then I bought the and then I bought the Kratos skin because I just want to see him dance to uh I have uh, the Kratos skin. Yeah, it's it's hilarious to see him yeah. do dances. Just, just I, I got him dancing to do a lipa and I put it on Twitter. People went absolutely wild. Uh you know what I mean? Like I did it just for that. Like I paid the 15 bucks just to do it. But anyway, that. you're right, boom. You open that door to that, people will spend the money. Right? So this is to to further that the thing they're really afraid of is that you can get day and date high quality, very large games in Game Pass. Yes. And they have correct. been trying to fight that tooth and nail. Right? Yeah. So well, your point see, is totally accurate, and that's what they're afraid of. You know, they yes, and you know the it. thing is, thank you for bringing that up, Hargi. This is the last thing I'm going to say before I pass the mic, is that we haven't even seen it yet in its full fruition. Yes. We've seen, we've seen snippets of it. Next year is going, have, to be, is, going to, is going to be the judge. This is going to be the, the yes, you're absolutely right. This is what's going to happen when you get the um, uh, God, what the hell's the name of the game? Uh, uh, Redfall and then Redfall, uh, Starfield, uh, Starfield, uh, Motorsport, yeah, and then yeah, Motorsport, and then you've got uh, Senua's Saga and all these other games that uh, Fable that's where you're going to see what it does if those games are able to move the needle. But the thing is, see, I'm still skeptical on whether they're going to move the needle enough unless those games are absolutely without question game of the year contenders. I can't see them moving the needle as much as Call of Duty can. Alone. Call of are Duty they want, alone. But that's why they want Call of Duty. <laughs> I know, but they would yeah. trump all of those combined. Just uh, like I said. I jump about in here for a second? Yeah, go, yeah, no, no, yeah. dude, I'm passing the mic, so go ahead. Hey, first of all, let's welcome in Randall Thor. Randall Thor was in the scumbag. chat, ladies and gentlemen. He just—he's not a scumbag. I love Randall. He's a scumbag. He's been—he was been DMing me by the way for the last half hour here, uh, and uh, he's been trolling me. So what he does when I look down like this at my notes, it looks like I'm sleeping, right? So you know what he does? He screen ran screenshots me with my head down. He goes, "I see you're sleeping on the show again," and he keeps sending me these pictures. <laughs> 
So oh I'm halfway God. through a sentence and I'm like, what the hell does Rand, Rand the want? antagonizer? He says, big yeah. shout out to the whole panel and boom and Mr. Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I catch him sleeping on podcasts all the time. There you uh, go. The troll uh, is back. Yeah, he certainly I'm is. I'll get to the other Super Chats momentarily. Everborn, let, let's get you in here because obviously Luke Steele is here. Hargeet Chani is here. You have big questions about the CMA and the deal. What, 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 are, what, what, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Well, firstly, I, I just came in here to collect my knees from Kaysante. Wow. I remember uh, on this week's episode of the Gaming Circle podcast, everybody thought I was, uh, you know, Mr. Negative Nancy when I tried to explain that the CMA reaches out to market participants. If the market participants have concerns, they relay those concerns, and it is up to the phase two investigation to bear those out or not. And everybody's so, so, looking at me like, you know, oh, so, CMA quick, is on everyone, Sony's side. While everyone has that has has that bone, he wishes to pick. Go ahead and read. Me. Go ahead and read his me. super chat. I think that that'll answer. That'll bring out his question and also present let, my, let, my let, response. I, I, will, I will read every chaos miner. We got to talk about him. Highlander. We will get to you guys in a second. Ever, uh, Everborn Saga drops two dollars super chat and says, "Chaosante looks like I was right on last week's uh, GCP. A broken clock is right twice a day." editorizing uh from k asante mm. mm-hmm. so basically mm-hmm. a broken clock is right twice a day let's move on shall we so, yes so thank I you was very right, much. but it's okay ever born the fine. man is not feeling well and you're attacking him come absolutely. on this, this is what he wow does. listen to this absolutely <laughs> he kicks a man when he's down right that's what brothers do right? that's what brothers do. That's you see what you see what else do, what else would you expect from Everborn judas the man who uh-huh. wants to see sonic fail so that Sega will be on their knees in time for his well, match. I wanted to get yeah, a high everyone Judas. I wanted to not sell, so Sega is in the right. Stop that slander! I, I, I should ban you Judas. from this podcast <laughs> for saying that. Wow, dude! I'm gonna front uh, Sonic Frontiers game of the year beats out God by? of War. I'm telling you, it's gonna beat out God of War. And I'm gonna have some knees hanging up right here. Wow, you think stock. Sonic is gonna beat out God of War? You see, it you is. see, you see, you see wow. how you want to get on this as well. NPD, we have knees bets on this. Two right wow. to one. <laughs> Sonic Frontiers is gonna sell on twice as much, train, but I think it can squeak one out. I know no, it's yeah, not squeaking. Yeah, it's I not mean, squeaking. Okay, it is going to platform that and it's going it to be on the switch. Understand, it's going to be on the switch, and that is the uh-huh. target market for that game. And so and was Sonic Colors. What did that Actually, do? I Let's think I agreed forward, with that too. So I'm I'm guilty as well. I think I agreed that it was going to outsell God of War. I don't think it'll be two to one, but I think I, it, just, I think it not two be. to one. That's madness. Whoever whoever agreed to that. I think all boom, hanging hand in your knees now, buddy. It's over. Let's let and I know I'm playing two sides of the fence. Right, one side. Is I hope that it doesn't it it uh, is a financial loss for Sega, so they're on their knees, so Microsoft can pick them up. <laughs> Judas, right after Judas, the, uh, Activision, Activision deal is done. That no one should said, listen to this man speak after hold this. Hold on statement. a minute, <laughs> no I, I don't know. You just don't get tired of me being right, but that's fine. So the <laughs> thing is, um, we cannot discount that Switch games regularly sell twenty and thirty million. Gangbusters, brother, and 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 they are the kind of games like Sonic. Now, this is provided Sonic is a good game. We can't speak to that until we play it. But just understand, my friend, a big if. (laughs) Yeah. When God of War comes out, if you're if you're only on Switch or you're only on Xbox, it does it means nothing to you. And this is the game that will be coming out at that time. And if it does well, 
it could do gangbusters. Between he, he PC, just keeps skipping past the 120 that million quickly, people you know? on like, Switch. Bro, I don't know, man. Box. Like, Park, I'm just saying, going, the that Mac is, you need to slow down on that if, man. That if okay, is we, huge. We had what a is conversation. the sales on Mario? Well, Mario is a totally different okay, beast. Yeah, that's that's so awesome. high- Hang on a second. The last five Sonic games did not did not score critically well. That's that that's we're right. talking about I the don't history. Even care if it's a ninety. There's like, also Sonic games don't sell that well, dude. You know what? Uh, Crispy said something important. There's There's Crispy say it again. There's, There's also, also a movie. movie. Yeah. Riding high off movie. the movie. Sonic has never been more popular, and I keep telling people, oh, look oh, at this. Let, let us if let us be clear, everybody. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If you are on Android right now, I want you to go look up Sonic Dash 2, which is Sonic Boom, which is based on the hit. Uh, net, well, it's not a Netflix cartoon, but it's on Netflix right now. Yep. Consistently high views in the top 10. If you if you have kids that watch that stuff, 100 million people on Android alone play Sonic uh, Sonic Boom, the game. The endless but runner. That, but that, on that's not what we're that's saying here, Everborn. I am saying nothing Sonic you're has saying never been is more wrong, popular. right? You're absolutely so, right. Sonic has never been more popular. He's at the height of his powers. The wind is at his back. It's all his to lose. But there's a big if here. If, if that, that big if is, is if it's good. good, and that's a monster. But, if, but I'm man. hearing Come even on. if it is good, it has no chance at beating God of War, which is only on PlayStation. So oh, no, I'm no, no, I'm not saying everything. that. I'm not saying that. Let's be clear here. Let's be absolutely clear. If this is a return to form by all accounts for Sonic, Sonic if we fun. get, if we wake up one morning and get unusual Elden Ring-like scores for Sonic, oh yeah, I'm sure it'll beat it. I'm it's not sure. going to get a 97. Let's let's stop it. it. Anyway, it's well, anywhere what beyond I, 85. What I would like to do yeah, is kind of put us back uh, on the yeah. path. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Let me ask the question. This has turned into Sonic, and and, and once you know, again, this is what uh, happens whenever Born. This is what happens whenever Born Saga. He turns it into his own. His I'm gonna reel platform. it in. I'm gonna reel it in. We'll, we'll come back to serious time. Uh-huh. So here, here's the thing. I, I I do agree with you, Luke, in terms of. I mean, I've been trying to tell people this for like a year now. Phil is not a nice man. He smiles to get close enough to you so he can put the knife in your rib cage. Here's the thing. They said that they sent a signed agreement to Sony, right? In what negotiation have you ever heard of where someone sends an agreement that's already signed? You know what that says? You can't mark this agreement up, right? This means take what we're giving you or else, or or you get nothing, right? No soup for you. So (laughs) the the thing is, that's not a negotiation. And, And the problem is with everything you're seeing Sony sort of say and what they say to regulators, unless there is some sort of undertaking or consent decree that explicitly dictates what Microsoft can and cannot do with Activision IPs, Sony has no leg to stand on in negotiations. And what does that mean? Microsoft can do whatever they want. So if Microsoft says, you're going to get this, but you're going to, you know, you're going to get like only one gun, right? You got to play the whole game with pistols on PlayStation then Sony is either going to take it or or Microsoft can take their ball and go home. So what, what Sony needs in the negotiation is some sort of leverage. And they the only way they get that leverage is via some sort of undertaking or consent decree. Uh, for, so before I go further, does that make sense, Luke? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think um, they... 
obviously they'll they'll want some um some promise of some variety some legal promise i.e an undertaking in the uk in the us where you're all backwards it's it's a consent decree <laughs> don't know what that means um but it's the same it's the same thing right um so um yeah they, they want they want something like that um the the only thing i will say is that what sony want and what the cme want are not necessarily aligned right they could be very diametrically opposed in that the cma sony might think we'd be happy with you know x you know uh in terms of an undertaking um but the cma might might want more they might want less um they might want something much greater like a structural um undertaking which is really hard to deliver and probably defeats the whole purpose of the acquisition for microsoft i think that's probably unlikely but um it could happen but yeah you're you're absolutely right so I like the, hearing those words. So I thank you for that. Now, the next thing yes. is, um, I, 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 I was also pointing out that, uh, and I know this is a different deal, but history can sort of inform some of this. And you kind of spoke about some other Microsoft deals that had to be, the, the CMA had to be notified about along with the EU. And I think the thing that comes closest to, even though this is the biggest deal in tech history or one of the biggest deal, we can go back and we can look at the LinkedIn deal back in 2017 when Microsoft acquired them. I don't know if you guys remember, but I'm old enough to remember uh, Mark Benioff of Salesforce made a big stink about it. More of a stink than Jim Ryan is making about, um, you think Jim Ryan's crying? Look at uh, Mark Benioff from, uh, I think that's his name, Mark Benioff from Salesforce. And sales, see in the, in the CRM world, Microsoft has a product called Microsoft CRM but Salesforce is the top dog in that world. And uh, they also wanted LinkedIn, but Microsoft outbid them. And, this, and Salesforce, even though they were the number one player in that world, they started to complain about things like foreclosure if Microsoft had that data set because you know, CRM is you know, customer relations management or something like that. And uh, the thing about LinkedIn is that it effectively is a list of potential customers that is updated by the users themselves. So the data is super valuable. And what Salesforce was asking for was the, the EU and the CMA and the FTC, they wanted them to force Microsoft to create an API that would give them access to LinkedIn data. And while there were undertakings and consent decrees for Microsoft to acquire LinkedIn, none of it had anything to do with uh, giving Salesforce access to LinkedIn data, right? And in the CRM world, LinkedIn and their data set uh, that is, again, user managed um, is basically the cod of, of that CRM world. And even though there were um, undertakings, it had nothing to do with giving Salesforce a leg up. So the, so the point is, um, what, you know, people are going to make their concerns known. Phase two is for seeing whether those concerns are legit. So I wouldn't worry about uh, how it sounds. And you can even look at uh, other language like uh, Norton tried to buy Atlas the other day, and that took five months for them to look at. And they had very similar fiery language if you read uh, when they announced they wanted to go to a phase two. And they ended up saying, yeah, we... After investigating, we did not find a substantial lessening of competition. I'm not, again, different deal, but the point is 
you can't really look at the fiery language and let it fire you up. I was fired up when I first read it, but when you start looking back historically at how they talk about these things versus how they end up, um, I I don't think um, it, there's too much to worry about. Um, yeah, and just yeah, that's that one point because because I think that's a really good point, and it kind of dovetails into a, a a legal point almost with the CMA, which is that I think people did work themselves up. Now, hang on, just to give some context. I don't want to sound like a, a doomsayer here, but um, of the, I think there was about 49 deals uh, between 2018 and now that went to phase two from the CMA. And about 36 of those, it might be a little bit higher, um, actually uh, died worldwide. They had global deal mortality. Now, only one of those was expressly blocked by the CMA. So they, they died for various reasons. But typically, the correlation is when it goes to phase two, you're in a bit of trouble potentially because it's usually the case that something bad happens to your deal or that you have to make some concessions, some actual undertakings. Or there are occasions, like you rightly point out with the, with the Norton stuff, where actually the phase two investigation reveals a lot more information in terms of the respective markets, the industry, and the type of analysis the CMA are doing for you know, regulator like the CMA to say, actually, you know what, we were quite worried about this, but we're not. And one of the reasons for that is because at phase one, um, and I saw people getting really angry with the, as you say, like really fired up about the language of the CMA, but phase one's actually not a very high threshold to get it to refer to phase two, because the threshold is, is there a realistic possibility of a substantial lessening of competition? And and if any of us could sit here and say, well, if Microsoft just turned around tomorrow and said that all the Activision Blizzard games, one, are going to be exclusive forever, and two, there's going to be some sort of input foreclosure, which makes it more expensive for Sony and everybody else to actually get in there um, and, and kind of have some access to any of this stuff, then is, is there a realistic possibility, noting that's quite a low threshold? Probably. There probably is. Um, but phase two is actually a much higher threshold. It's, is it likely that the merger will result in a substantial lessening of competition? And likelihood is a lot harder for the CMA typically to hit in terms of we think it is, because then they're actually taking into account, well, what have these companies publicly said? What does their past behavior in terms of games in this instance indicate? Um and all that sort of stuff. So I don't think people need to get so fired up about the CMA in that sense. They're just doing their job and they're just applying the standards they have to apply. Um, it's The language is a bit weird. I get that. Anybody who doesn't look at this stuff would find it weird. Totally understand. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I just think that was a really good point of Paul. So thank just wanted to piggyback. Yeah, there's another, another thing I'd like to yeah. ask you, Luke, is what happens in the case of something where, look, we assume Call of Duty is something like a thing that always just continues to happen. What if it doesn't? What What if those studios are left free? That's a good and, question. And they, they, you know, maybe we keep Warzone, but then let the studios do whatever they want because that is Phil's philosophy, right? So what if those studios are like like Vince Ampella? I'm done with this. I don't want to make a Call of Duty anymore. Is there an obligation to keep thing. making the same IP? Yeah, can the government like, like that? that's a good point? Uh, no, I mean they look they they can't. They could say. They could ask for a behavioral undertaking that said something like, so long as Call of Duty games are being produced for X amount of time, that they're made multi-platform or something like that. That wouldn't be too bad. They're, they're never going to ask 
for something in perpetuity, right? And never, it's impossible to deliver that, right? Because if you're, you know, if someone asked me for anything in perpetuity, I would automatically just point blank refuse. Because how do you know if I, if I give that and then, you know, if Microsoft were to give something like that miraculously and then, um, tomorrow it came out that, you know, uh, Microsoft are actually completely illiquid for whatever reason, not that that would happen, but, and they can't fulfill that obligation, you know, that they're, they're, they're stuffed basically. Right. So, um, the, the regulators would not ask for things like that. It has to be something that's within the relative realistic control of the companies that give the undertaking. It can't be something that's, that's totally ridiculous. They can't mandate that Microsoft, continue to make Call of Duty games because if they don't, then the comp you know, if, if Microsoft tomorrow just went, actually, we're just making Warzone from now on, all the other studios are going on to different projects, non-Call of Duty related, then really the competition concern that the CMA would have, at least in that particular aspect, this year's. Because Call of Duty isn't influence anymore on the gaming industry, at least not to the extent it is now, right? So that's hopefully that answers the question but that's kind of to that to that end though you know it is a significant investment and i think even sony acknowledged that these games come out every year and they cost you know 200 250 million dollars to make so every four years you're spending a billion dollars on development and all that's before you get to distribution and marketing and all those things um and i say that to say it's a substantial investment that basically Microsoft would be forced to make into their competitors' platform, right? Because they, the the port doesn't doesn't sort of come for free, and so the you know I I don't think there's anything that'll be said in perpetuity. But even if the CMA says, listen, you offered three, you have to give them four years of, of a contract. That's a W, right? Like Sony has again no bargaining chips right now they're they're bargaining effectively they're using the tools that are available to them which is complaining to regulators who may do something that is in their favor and if they if they said nothing you, you know you got to buy a ticket to win the lottery basically right so you know sony's doing what they got to do you can't pay attention to these words and one thing i will say and i want to know if luke agrees with this um this war of words is going to get worse before the deal closes. I think that uh, because, you know, to that for varying, uh, you know, regulatory bodies around the world, how public things become will be, you know, maybe during or after. But I think the uh, public perception war while regulators are deciding are going to get a little crazy. And I think, uh, Microsoft lawyers will fire back in statements and things like that. And if the, those are made public, it is get your popcorn ready, people, because it, it is going to be a gossip-filled time. It's going to be a lot of fun, but we still have two panel members, and we're at the almost 9 o'clock hour. Let's get Crispy Bomb and Kay Asante, and we'll get everyone out of here. Crispy Bomb, well, first of all, Hargeet, Luke, and Everborn knocked it out of the park. Anything you'd like to add to the conversation? Um, yeah, you guys definitely knocked it out of the park and Luke, uh, you know, learned something new about you today. So that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, also I've, I've listened to Hogue, but Hogue's more in American law, obviously. So, you know, Luke, you actually enlightened us a little bit more. I think, I think the chat probably appreciates that. The only thing I'm, I'm looking at and kind of sitting back and saying is where's everybody else in all this? Because I get that, like they're direct competitors. I understand that, but we're talking in the gaming market as a whole. 
And, you know, I saw Meta already come out and, like, make a statement, like, supporting Microsoft. Um, and everybody else is basically silent. And we've also seen, you know, uh, Microsoft also put Inklings out there possibly getting a Call of Duty-type game on the Switch, which would help them. So... I don't know. It just it seems a little weird that we're talking basically about one game and about one platform as of now, and I haven't seen anything else to uh, make me think otherwise. Is no, there something on, to on that? Nintendo, Luke? not Switch, right? I think they said Nintendo because they're hoping this is going to be a new console. They can just put it on. The I'm network. thinking they're going to do that. Their, the their next console. But, well, they is put Outer Worlds to... on there. So yeah, I mean... well, no, their next console that's supposed to be uh, uh, again. This is a rumor, folks. We'll take it with a grain of salt. Is supposed to have very similar specs to the Series S, is what is is what yeah, people are talking that. about. I've heard yeah, that yeah, posted yeah, exactly. by several people, and the Series S can in fact run Call of Duty. And Call of Duty, if onto the Nintendo Switch, that's going to be great for Nintendo fans because they haven't had a Call of Duty since it was the Wii U uh, version, which is yeah. many many one years. Other, ago. One other quick thing is, I don't know if it looks good when Facebook is coming out in your favor. That's like a yeah. Well, I have a lot of people say that thing. You really want that witness. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've actually heard that. But uh, real quick, crispy. Anything else you'd like to add, bro? No, I mean, you know, like I said, uh, learn something today and uh, look forward to next week. That's what I got to say about that. Yeah, no, good stuff as always. Uh, K. Asante, brother, let's get your opinion. I know you're not feeling good. What What do you have to say about what what uh, what Crispy, Hargeet, Luke, and Everborn had to say on the subject? Oh, no, you know, I, I think it's been a very interesting conversation all around. I, I agree by and large with everything that, that has been said on, on this. You know, uh, my stance hasn't really changed much since the beginning of this. You know, some have been saying they think this will end early. I thought Microsoft knew exactly what they were talking about when they when they Babe Ruthed and pointed where they pointed because they knew that hell hell would be be coming on earth for them because this is the biggest amount of money you've ever seen, right? You're like, you know, you know, they, everybody's going to want a piece of the pie. Uh, everybody the pie. wants a piece of the pie. You know, yeah. America will do some grandstanding. The UK will do some grandstanding. A lot of people will do a little bit of this and that, and then ultimately, you know, cooler heads will prevail. So, you know, uh, as far as Will we see this come to come to its conclusion before the end of the year? Unfortunately, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think you'll even see this come to the to, to its conclusion at the beginning of the next year. You're, you're looking probably in in the July, March, uh, April, you know, March, potentially yeah. time frame there. But you know, you know, which which is, I honestly think in hindsight that was all that they they knew what they were doing when they set that target. So you know, to me, none of this is is surprising. It's just going to be very interesting to watch where all this goes because all I hope is that we get we get another regulatory body that's that's kind of like Brazil that likes to put all the stuff out there in the open because very very interesting very interesting it, 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 it's it's always so great when when uh, they like to share like internal documents and internal processes and procedures that you never knew existed beforehand you know I'm looking forward to that that that's where I'm at with it. No, and I and I agree with everyone. I think there's going to be uh, a lot more talked about. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, that is your double barrel gaming uh, show for primetime gaming, I should say. Of course, I want to thank Luke Steele for being here, Hargeet Chani for being here, Everborn for making it, Crispy Bomb, and K Asante. Uh, Chaos Might, who's been a channel member for eight months, says when Jim Lion Ryan talks about the deal is inadequate. He means there are no longer be exclusive content of Call of Duty game modes. For PlayStation, like Hogwarts has now. That's absolutely correct. 
Highlander 001, who's been a member for two months, uh, he says, uh, he drops a 5,000 gen, says, if this deal is blocked, Activision stocks will tank. I can see Bobby Kotek filing for Chapter 11, and then it will be a whole uh, uh, fire sale. Cash is king. Yeah, I, I, And then I just, Sony buys them with imagine no uh, blocking. And there you go. <laughs> and there you go. But listen, Mag had to bounce out of here. Let's do the outros. We'll get everyone out of here. We'll start first with Hargeet Chani. Brother, listen, thank you so much for hanging out. Of course, yeah. thank you for being as generous as you were, dropping those two super chats as well as those codes into the chat for people to snatch up. Uh, obviously, you know, I, you, you're not on Twitter, so people can't reach out to you that way. But you do work with Gaz and Company yep. over at Game On Daily. Brother, talk about that, man. Yeah, so I'm part of the Game on Daily crew, uh, along with uh, Safe Asa and uh, Gaz. Um, and yeah, so check us out, GameOnDaily.com and YouTube.com slash GameOnDaily. Uh, we have a nice go-live show on Saturdays. Yes. Uh, check it out. <laughs> yeah, well, Hargeet, hey, thank uh, you so much for being here, brother. Ooh. This certainly will not be the last. Uh, somebody want to say something? No, no, no. I, I don't want you to forget the Super Chats, because I know you had said... You yeah, I got them. I got, I got, okay. all, I got good, all of them. Good, yeah, Randall Thor put one out there, and uh, yeah, I, I got everybody. So thank you so much for that. Uh, so yeah, so our heartbeat. Listen, this won't be the last time we have you on. Hopefully, sure. on one of the X Vlog lives uh, that I do during the day, we can get you on, or not, we'll get you back on prime time, whatever works for your schedule. So thank you for that, Luke yep. Steele, brother. Talk about where people could reach out to you on social media. But what else you got going on besides, of course, doing a bunch of law stuff for your real life job? Yeah, sadly, that takes up the majority of my time at the moment. Uh, but there we go. Um, yeah, no, you can find me at LukeSteel90 on, on Twitter. Um, I'm also um, on the Indie Game Podcast with the Indie Gamer, who some in the community may know. Uh, so we talk Absolute all about indie gentleman. games. Absolutely yeah, gentleman. Uh, yeah, wonderful bloke. Um, and uh, yeah, he is uh, he's, he's a really great guy. And uh, I'm also on Green Pass Gaming, which is a sort of Xbox-centric podcast, but mm-hmm. we talk about Love kind of everything. Yeah, so uh, we're on uh, kind of semi-regularly Thursdays and Sundays, sometimes Thursdays, sometimes Sundays. So go check all that out on YouTube and, yeah, Twitter, AtLukeSteel90. And thank you very much, Boom, for having me. Oh, thank you so much for hanging out, brother. Definitely appreciate that. Everborn Saga, sell your brand, brother. Talk about your Everborn Saga, uh, uh, you know, comics and, and artwork that's coming out. You have const- you're currently working on an actual game Talk about that, and where can people reach out to you on social media? Yeah, man. So, really quickly, Everborn Saga everywhere. That's uh, all the all your socials, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff, YouTube, everything. Um, ever, but most importantly, uh, Xbox, PlayStation, and Steam. And the most important thing is EverbornSaga.com, where you can see the amazing books that we produce. If you are into fantasy, if you are into anime and manga. Uh, if you are into the MCU, this is all those things wrapped into one. We have four series taking place in the same world, following different characters, all telling the story from their vantage point, and they all kind of mix and match with each other. So we're creating our our own little MCU in a uh, fantasy manga uh, universe, and that is the Everborn Saga. We are working on a 2D beat-em-up right now that is in the vein of uh shredder's revenge and streets of rage 4 and each of our series will have their own game this game is uh based on the redland series so you'll be able to see more of that uh and then you can check me out on saturdays which kaisanta is about to explain to you on uh gaming circle podcast and one last thing that i will say 
thank you, Hargy. Uh, I've been wanting a podcast with you for a while, so this is off my bucket list. Same thing, Luke. <laughs> I didn't know how I did not. I did not know that I did not know about you, but now you're on my radar, sir. I'm going to come <laughs> to you with legal questions when I have issues in the UK. Uh, and last thing I'll say, if I am Microsoft and Jim Ryan is crying and doing his dance moves on the dance floor, I'm going to say, listen, we will go out of business. If you want COD, then we want Kratos. Because we go. just can't live without it. There you go. Right? So give me Kratos. Give me Peter Give us Spider-Man or give us and- death. That's it. And and what you're going to say is get the hell out of my face, which is exactly (laughs) what I'm going to say when you ask for Kai. But that's it. Thank you. I had to jump in these last couple of minutes. Sorry, I was late. had to get a haircut. Got to go back to the office tomorrow for the first time. Go take care of business, brother. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Crispy Bomb, sell your brand, brother. You're on a podcast outside of primetime gaming tomorrow night, as a matter of fact. And you're going to have a lot to talk about. And also, where can people reach out to you and strike up a conversation on social media? Gentlemen, a pleasure. Hargy, first time. Uh, no, actually, yeah. Yeah, first time we've been on together. Um, Luke, I think we were on a long time ago. Yeah, it was, it was a, yeah, yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at Crispy Bomb, yeah. <laughs> at Crispy Bob on Twitter, Crispy Bomb 28 Xbox Live. Got the next podcast tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Retro Renegades, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. And, of course, back here, Primetime Gaming, Wednesday, 7 p.m. Thank you, brother. Definitely appreciate that. And of course, Kaysante, talk about Saturday's incredible show that has seen record growth. We want to see you get to 1K uh, subscribers on your YouTube channel. Talk about the Gaming Circle podcast. And where can people reach out to you and potentially strike up a conversation on social media? Oh, I would say thank you. Thank you so much for all the folks who who, uh, happened to jump into the chat this evening and all the the fine panel members. Hargeet, this is the second, I think the second or third time you and I have been podcasting. Always great, great podcasting with you. Really, really uh, um, thought provoking, you know, very, very well thought out uh, arguments and reasons. And, you know, always great to hear your, your thoughts as well. Luke, it's been a minute. We've podcasted before on on Green Green Pass Gaming. I appreciate being able to podcast with you again. And, you know, and the rest of the crew, as we as we do, we 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 jump here on Wednesdays and and have great conversations. This is this tends to be the highlight of my week. So, PT, TKO Asante on Xbox, PlayStation, and all the places you can find me. You know, you you follow me, I follow you back. We we of course, uh, myself and Mister Mister Everborn Saga are co-hosts on the Gaming Circle podcast, which we host on Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We've been, you know, Saturday morning dose of slander. We try to keep it PG thirteen, but sometimes <laughs> it's hard to do. Just, 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 just hard to do. So, in, in those rare moments, that's we'll, my we'll, bad. We'll, I'm sorry. We'll, that's, that's <laughs> we'll put an explicit warning on there, but usually we try. We try. But join us on Saturdays. We have a lot of fun. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on uh, uh, on the, the the YouTube's on my channel. You follow me. I'll let you know when it's coming live. But yeah, we're trying new things this week. We actually tried different things. We're we're we're, we're breaking out different uh, segments. We're doing we're doing uh, a little bit of tech talk from time to time. We're doing a little bit of movies and TV as well. It's just, just some fun stuff, you know. Get a chance to start your weekend off right. So join us if you can. And yeah, we always have fun uh, fun on Saturdays. So we appreciate everybody that that tends to keep supporting us. March to one to one thousand seems to be going well. So we we, we appreciate nice. it. Thank you guys so much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for being here. We had over 525 viewers live, and that is amazing. The, 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 uh, this program continues to grow as well as the channel. Please, if you're finding us for the first time, please consider subscribing, hitting that bell icon so you know when I go live. And that's right. I've just upped the ante. I'm streaming five days a week, Monday through Friday, 
all different shows, all different topics, all different guests. You get the best bang for your buck here at Double Barrel Gaming. Of course, a big shout out to all the Super Chats that come in. Those obviously help us power the big giveaways. And folks, we have $2,000 worth of giveaways left for 2022. One in September of 500. One in, uh, in, in November of 500. And then for the holidays, Mrs. Boom and I have been tucking away the Super Chats. We're giving away $1,000 in digital gifts on one show. That's right. We're going to give it away to help you. You know, it, it, it's tough around the world. And Mrs. Boomstick and I are, are very blessed. So we want to kind of pay it forward by giving that much away. And we will have details or as the kids say, deets uh, as, as we get closer to the, you know, these, these big uh, giveaways. And of course, I'm going to close out the show folks with something that is incredibly important to me. Hopefully one day it'll be important to you. And that's something that my dad taught us when we were kids. And he would say, Craig, treat others how you want to be treated. And also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules, son. I can guarantee you, you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone. We'll see you next week on the newest episode of Primetime Gaming with Mr. Boomstick and Friends. Boomstick and Friends.